It's time for the Hentai Cast. Oh, yeah. Are we all really excited about this one today? This is episode one of Anime Arcade's Hentai Cast. Episode 69 of the regular cast. I mean, why not? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it would be an appropriate episode one for a Hentai Cast, but unfortunately, we have some reviews to do this season. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Our damn day job. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I say unfortunately. I actually really enjoyed recording the cast today. We did our reviews for uh, last season uh, a little bit late because of AX, but uh, we did part one, so uh, we we got through half of the shows we watched this season, and um, some really some really good ones, some not so good ones. Uh, but overall, it was a great conversation. Yeah, my name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Carlos. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> and Logan. Yo. You anyway, nailed it, so, dude. It's the intro, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just get, get to the reviews. Get to the reviews. This is terrible. This is the worst intro we've ever I done. I love it. I love it. I'm going to leave all of this silence God in. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to respond. I know. I was waiting for you to respond. This is great. No, it was a, it was a really good uh, discussion. You guys certainly had um, some lengthy ones. Uh, I had to step out for one because I didn't want to hear because I want to watch mm-hmm. that show. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the two shows that I talked about. And uh, it sounded like you guys had a lot of good things to say about most of the shows that you guys watched. Cough. Yeah, I said most. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't we just go ahead and uh, dive in and let the people decide for themselves how we felt about the shows. Yeah, I'm sorry if I dumped on a show you liked. No, don't feel sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I'm sorry as well. No, don't feel sorry. Thanks for listening. the hentai cast right <laughs> uh i mean it can be <laughs> look at the shows we're talking about today mm, uh, maybe next season next season's review cast there's certainly enough etchy yeah, i mean we'll get to that but sure. <laughs> i'm obviously alluding to the fact that this is episode 69 which oh, i feel like man <laughs> there are people who uh are probably expecting something like that. We'll, we'll, but, uh, we'll set that up in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, review time. Uh, it's you know we've, I think we've got a quite a bit quite a bit of good shows this season, um, and I'm pretty excited to talk about a few of them. Uh, what were your guys' kind of opinions of the season? Uh, I thought it was good, but uh, like after last season, it, I was kind of coming down off of a high so like it's still really good but like i had enough meh to not great shows for me to be a little lukewarm on this season it's not bad it's just not as great as previous seasons that was something we kind of discussed i think when the season started that it was going to be really hard to live up to last season (laughs) what were your thoughts logan uh i really enjoyed the shows that i watched 
I didn't watch a ton. Um, not nearly as many as I was hoping to be able to, but life got busy, so I was only really able to watch the, the shows that I drafted, which uh, I was pretty happy with overall. So Sweet. Yeah. Anything else you guys have been up to other than watching anime? And I know we've all watched probably a little less this season than we typically do, which for me, I actually, looking at the stuff that I watched, I, um, re- made me realize that I watched less because I really did think I was watching more anime this season. And um, I don't know if it's just that I'm watching more kind of ongoing shows and it, that's why I'm not reviewing as much. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But uh, I will say before we get started that Logan and I actually have to change some of our drafts from the previous uh, draft cast. Oh, yes. Yeah, because uh, your show and one of my show, well, one of your shows and one of my shows didn't get picked up. Um, I'll let you go first. Yeah, um, I can't remember the name of the one that I drafted. It's like the Sunaharasau something or other did not get picked up by anyone at least not yet so far so we're just kind of uh giving up on it at this point so i'm going to take uh review starlight as the show to round out my draft so sweet yep going in blind um i've seen some things on twitter it looks pretty cool but uh i'm excited okay very nice um any idea what the kind of the plot is of that or are you literally blind on this? i do it's like <laughs> idle battles or something like that I don't know. <laughs> yeah i i couldn't possibly pick a show blind because i watched all the episode ones and a lot of twos and threes that i wanted to uh before finding out that um backstreet girls did not get picked up by anybody which makes me sad because i read that manga but i figure i don't know maybe eventually i'll see it somewhere uh, but for the purpose of this podcast, uh, I'm actually going to go with, um, banana fish just to lock mm. myself into that one. It's, it's a really great show thus far. Um, and I'm hoping it continues that way. I was going to just go for like the Easter route and just pick an etchy, but I'm going to watch the etchy anyway. <laughs> it's going to happen. So I figure I'd lock myself like I did the last season, uh, into something that, uh, I know is good right now but might not continue to be so in the future. Sweet. Yeah, I think that was one of the ones that I was the most um, the most surprised it didn't get picked up at the beginning of the season. It's one that I definitely would like to watch this season. I don't know if I will be able to or not. Um, so I'm excited to hear that you're watching it and you're going to be reviewing it because um, I'll be interested in your thoughts. Uh, I, I have been doing normal stuff, but I also started playing the Steinsgate visual novel again. Um, Finally, and I'm pretty far into it at this point. Actually, I've played probably, I say pretty far, I've played about five hours, which I think is pretty decent of a way into the visual novel. I've gotten really kind of into the meat of the story at this point uh, and super, super excited to be back with these characters. I'm like, I've watched Steinsgate so many times now and um, it's kind of like watching the show again, but obviously it's not. It's a visual novel and I'm seeing a little more dialogue, a little more of the story. Uh, have feel like I have a little more kind of uh, control over what's going on, even though we're still pretty much on a uh, uh, kind of a linear path, I think, at this point. But um, So, yeah, so, uh, playing that game. What it has had me kind of feeling is, damn, how much I miss the characters from the original series. And I don't want to give too much away, but wow, um, the Steinsgate Zero 
and I'm not even saying this, I'm not spoiling anything because this is not anything about even character deaths, but the characters changed so much throughout the original series that they're not, they're nothing like they were in the show that I loved the first season of Steins Gate. So, um, I'm getting some impressions that maybe we're getting a little, we're going to go back to the characters we love from Steins Gate potentially in this next core of Steins Gate Zero, but, uh, Wow, I, I miss I miss Okabe, I miss uh, Kirisu, I miss uh, Suzuha, I miss all of the kind of fun that those characters had in the first season, and um, I hope I hope we can get some of that uh, in the second chorus in Skate Zero. But um, I just felt like I had to get that off my chest, guys. It's <laughs> all good. I've never seen Steinskate. <laughs> so. You have to, man. You have to. I, I really would love to talk that show with both of you guys uh, if you can catch up. Not that I'd expect you to. but no, it, it is it is uh, on the group watch uh, list. And it, it is one of the shows that, that's up there. That's very close to being the next show we watch. But right now we're in the middle of Love Lab, which uh, thus far has been very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, Love Lab is hilarious. I, I, I did actually really enjoy that show. Um, so I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. I unfortunately wasn't able to join you uh, for the last week. But um, yeah, Steinsgate, I would, would love to rewatch it. I think if that one gets picked, I'm going to try to make it a point to get my uh, uh, Tammy to watch my Tammy. Your <laughs> Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> yeah. to watch As opposed that with to us. my Tammy, Logan's Tammy, and the listener's Tammy. <laughs> Someday you never know. I'll find my Tammy. <laughs> yeah. One of you or some of the listeners may have a Tammy out there, but uh, Tammy is an embodiment of the love that you all have for whoever it is that is special <laughs> in your heart. I, I want you to get her to listen to this because I feel like she's going to roll her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I may try to get her to watch that show with me if it gets picked for a group watch. And I was super excited to see for the first time a show that I nominated was voted for. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's really exciting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you guys will like Gossip uh, when it does get picked eventually. I'll leave it. I'll leave that as my nomination. Until it, it, gets it looks picked, interesting. So. I'm definitely excited to, to eventually get to it. But, you know, group watches uh, go by really slowly. So, but... Mm-hmm. Today we are here not to talk about old shows, but to talk about well, I guess technically now they're old. Old shows, yeah, yeah. Now take two. Uh, <laughs> recently old, recently old, recently shows, old shows. There right? you go. As of a couple of weeks ago, they were not old shows, but now officially they are considered old shows, right? <laughs> they are. They are officially in the anime arcade archive. Uh, after we give them scores, uh, so yeah, this is the the first part of our spring. 2018 uh, anime reviews um try to get as much of this as possible if we didn't watch a show that you didn't see as always we apologize but like logan says life happens and not all of us like we can't watch i mean i'm sure we could watch everything but i like doing other stuff like watching hentai so oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm so glad you said yeah because as soon as you said yeah like i got him (laughs) dang that's a soundbite now playing league with friends or (laughs) PUBG. watching hentai alone or with friends um Um, (laughs) what's funny is i have watched hentai with friends at conventions so (laughs) i i can say that's actually a really fun experience anyway let's move on to uh the first show of our spring 2018 um, review cast, which is actually a short called Crossing Time. Uh, 
Logan, you watched a little bit of this one, right? Yeah, I watched like the first two or three episodes. Okay, so nothing changed. <laughs> nothing changed. Perfect. It's just like episode to episode. This this show is a, uh, essentially just conversations, three, little three-minute conversations uh, at different uh, railroad crossings while the train is moving. Um, for example, the very first one, you have uh, two girls standing at the, the crossing and uh, I, f- I forget what the whole context of it was, but there was something like if you shout your name or the name of someone you love at the at like a moving train, you know, so it drowns out your voice, um, like your wish will come true and they'll, you know, go out with you or whatever. Uh, at, <laughs> Such a stereotypical scene from anime, too. Well, I love that they turn that into a show. They both <laughs> they both yell the name of the person they love and one of the girls loves the other girl so which was it i thought one of the girls didn't yell oh no yeah she was she was was going to yeah yeah that's right you're right she was going to yell something and then she heard her name and it was like oh okay uh but yeah so the train didn't drown out the sound well she you know she's right next to her so it probably drowned out the sound you know a couple feet back right yeah yeah. for the person on the other side of the tracks Uh, but like is typical in anime shows but uh, oh yeah, like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but every every subsequent episode is is something different. Um, like uh, a teacher um, and a like a goth girl or gothic Lolita girl uh, having like this internal monologue around each other. It's it's all done for comedic effect, and sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. I think it's one of those shows though that they there's so much variety in the characters from episode to episode, like so that they hit as broad an audience as possible which i mean okay i mean with a with a subject matter like said like you said jeff where it's just here's this one anime like kind of trope yeah yeah and we're going to we're going to make it into it into its own short like that's that's a decent way to go about it i enjoyed it well enough um but i can't say that i'll remember it too well except for the first and last episode which deal with the the girls um who you know one likes the other uh oh there was turn out? wait are you saying it pays off in the last episode and oh well, no not really but they they, they, do, they do come back That's uh, cool. uh they do come back and and unfortunately one of the ones i didn't care for as much came back uh a a young man who's who thinks uh, like one of his classmates is incredibly sexy and says it oh, over and over yeah. and over again in his head he comes back as well guy. yeah oh, that's a shame yeah Hmm. And it's just like imagining all the the mature stuff she gets up to. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, either shit or get off the pot, man. Talk to her. <laughs> um, so I, I remember this show kind of striking me as looking pretty good, especially from the um, kind of the key art that we got in when we drafted it. And or when when it was was the show drafted when we looked no, at it, I guess, during the it. draft. Um how did it kind of play out? Was the animation pretty good? Did it look good at least? Yeah, it looked fine. It was a short. I mean, it, it wasn't going yeah. to be like it's three minutes. It yeah. wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, as far as shorts go, it's probably one of the better ones um, okay. in a few places. But yeah, just nothing really to write home about. But it, it will amuse you if you're if you have like, I don't know, what would that be? Like 36 minutes ish <laughs> to spare. Uh, watch the whole thing yeah you can watch the whole thing in in just a sitting so 
I'd, I'd recommend it because it's funny and like especially to fans of anime like this is much much better for fans of anime than it would be for like a newcomer because you mm. know you know all these kind of tropes and stuff like this so yeah I guess that would be one thing it probably would get a lower score if if I was like somebody who was like brand new to anime like what the hell is this shit anyway um, I feel like the show gets bonus points because one of the mains is I it's their mascots uh, <laughs> uh okay <laughs> i'm not sure i will but uh wow i'm sorry okay i scroll down i'm i'm you know like little little side thing for for those of you behind the scenes stuff i usually have my anime list tabs open so i don't you know completely blank on names and continually go uh you know the girl the one with the pink hair because uh, uh-huh. my brain is not great at storing stuff in it uh but i scrolled down a little too far on on my anime list and one of the reviews says this review contains spoilers and i'm like for crossing time i don't really think that matters anyway i'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize my anime list uh, review anymore instead i'm going to give this a score of three out of five i mean pretty much pretty solid yeah it's a solid score for a for a, a short i did well enough cool three minutes short so that's including um i'm assuming you're adding Oh yeah, that actually does include that, it, that also ED. includes the OP. There was no ED. At least I don't think there was an ED. But there uh, was an OP, and the OP actually wow, wasn't okay, bad. So. so cool. So we're not getting too much each episode with the show. Nah. All right. Well, I mean, I guess it's the premise is pretty simple. So maybe that's all they need. Yeah, you'll get a chuckle out of it. So, and that's that's all you really <laughs> need out of a, out of a short anyway. So get you a laugh. Train otaku. This is your thing. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Next show. Yeah. Next one. Uh, was this yours? Was not. Yeah, it's mine. It's not a show I drafted, but it's one that I picked up because one of my shows did not get uh, picked up last season. It's so happening more and more to us. Instead. I know it's messed up. Um, and that show is Real Girl or 3D Kanojo Real Girl. I think is the full title. Mm-hmm. We uh, talked about this during the cast and during the draft cast. I remember this discussion. Um, I think this was one of our honorable mentions, so I'm yeah. excited to hear about this because I, I remember being really interested during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the story of a um, kind of like loner otaku uh, guy named uh, Susui uh, Hikari is, I think, his first name, or Hikari is his last name, but he just goes by Susui um, or Soon Soon. Um, and he, like the, the anime starts off, he's late to school cause he was up late, uh, watching anime. And so he gets tasked with cleaning the pool together with, um, a girl named, uh, Iroha Igarashi, who is kind of like, has this reputation for being an easy girl, dates a lot of people, that kind of thing. And uh, while they are cleaning the pool, I don't remember if she ends up kissing him or something like that. Is it an accidental boob grab? No. 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 <laughs> um, but does, they... he slip, does he slip in? No. No. They don't even empty the pool like in most uh, pool cleaning things. It was just... They just clean yeah. like the side of the pool, yeah. The side of the pool, yeah. But uh, they somehow start dating. And the I think the like the early 
you know, twist is that she's moving at the end of uh, the year or something like that. Yeah. So they have like six months together. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just from there, just kind of a dive into their relationship as they work through getting to know each other and, you know, seeing how, you know, different and weird both of them actually are and how awkward and hard relationships are um and how so this is one of those shows that's really the entire show is about the relationship itself yes. not really about the uh the search for yes, the which i really okay. really appreciated um yeah. i found it okay. very refreshing to actually you know get the relationship aspect you know, getting into it out of the way early and just like be able to explore everything else that goes into being in a uh, romantic relationship. Hmm. Um, Did you find you were rooting for these characters to be together? Yeah. Were, were they likable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, did you watch this as well, Carlos? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of the characters? Uh, I liked the, I liked them uh, quite a bit, but at first I will admit I was, I got kind of sick of uh, Hikari's or Soon Soon's um, yeah. uh, constant, um, like his the, their deal is you know he's a nerd and he doesn't know why she wants to go out with him so for a while there it's understandable that he's you know it's pessimistic yeah in a lot but, of ways. but he gets like early on i got i got uh, a little uh bothered by the fact that he's like constantly pessimistic like despite her constant reinforcement that you know she wants to be with him but eventually they yeah. smooth that out in lieu of other characters kind of coming in and that's when i really started to enjoy the show was when he's he started to like he was still unsure of himself, but it was less mm-hmm. I'm I'm such scum, you know, why would you ever want me, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um it was more like, okay, how do I make stuff better? And I'm like, Yeah, thank you. This is yeah. where your mind needs to be. And granted, you know, <laughs> I, I understood why they did it uh initially, but it was it, it got grading after a bit. But yeah, the second sure. half of the show, much like like oh, they bring in other characters, um, and I found myself rooting for like them as well, like to kind of mm-hmm. maybe not exactly find, um, if not relationships, then at least, you know, come together Just as a group because happiness. Yeah, yeah. Because they seem to be like misfits of all sorts who just work mm-hmm. together in this group. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, a, a good show for <laughs> shipping, I think in a lot of ways. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, were there a lot of potential ships? Uh, I mean, three really. Yeah. Three, I mean, four technically. Um, so, oh there's, yeah, okay. There's uh, the based on the way you're describing it, it just sounds like there's the one true ship. Yeah, there's and the one, the rest one of true them ship. Well, I mean, so uh, there's Iroha and uh, Soon Soon, who the show centers around, and you know, okay. that's definitely my main ship uh, for the show. But then there's uh, Soon Soon's friend Ito who wears cat ears a lot. They never really explain why, why he, he does that. Yeah. Cat ears. Like they get into that. He was like a closet otaku and um, was kind of like the, a floor mat for the rest of the class. Um, but he was smart and liked well enough, I guess. But yeah, then he just kind of snapped and all of a sudden, I guess he's wearing cat ears and no one likes him anymore. Um, but he, and then there was this other girl that we meet um, about halfway through the show named uh, Aya- Ayato? Yeah, Ayato, who is kind of like this lonely, pretty, 
uh, gardening girl that's like a super otaku and people make fun of her for that. Um, Ayato actually really likes Soon, so there's that creates some tension because um, she ends up uh, confessing to him at one point and that like yeah there's there's a lot of drama that comes with that between uh iroha and him and her um so that like that was a ship that i would have liked to have seen uh ito and i see i uh, com- i disagree really he's way too weak he is like, for sure like he like if if there was more of this show and he like manned up a little well, bit there will be. but and but i auto like i feel like that's that's so weak putting someone together because oh you guys fit together because you know, this one didn't work out, so let me just force these two characters together that have some some well, stuff I'm not in common. That it should like they should force the characters together. I'm just saying that I hope that he does man up eventually and like find know, common ground. Let her know. Oh, okay, that yes, yeah, that he does. He, I would like to see that, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel, I feel like, like she'd let him off just like he like soon soon let her off. Which which would be completely fine, but I feel like I need that kind of closure um, between those two characters because I feel like it would benefit them both in a lot of ways. Um, then there's a third ship, which I really want them to get together because I think they're a lot of fun together. And that's um, this girl, Arisa Ishino, and this scumbag, uh, Misia Takanashi. Um, because they're both... <laughs> they're they're both pretty I don't know. I don't want to say Ishino's a bad person, but she's a very um how do I put it? Uh shallow individual, I I guess. Uh she, you know, looks are her main thing. That's what she goes for. Um and then Takanashi is just a scumbag. Yeah. Uh but I feel like they kind of work off well or work well off of each other. And it would be interesting to see them get together, even though every time Ishino asks him out, he just flat out refuses her, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah, the anime is just a lot about, like, these relationships and how they kind of intertwine and um, soon soon and Iroha working through their relationship as these different things are kind of thrown at them. Um, and it, it's it does get kind of, I don't want to say hard to watch, but, you know. There's a lot of growing pains for sure, and soon soon's pretty dense when it comes to I, romance. I feel like this is the appropriate time to ask this question, yeah. but um, I think one of the main questions everyone has in any kind of romantic comedy, which I it sounds like this may be, um, is is there a payoff? <laughs> I mean, the payoff's pretty early if you if you consider yeah. the main ship getting together. So, okay. So, but I, I don't feel like it regresses at all once we get to that point. Yeah. Okay, so it's kind of it stays at that high of of them being together. Yeah, and um, it does get like a little better periodically when you know soon soon does something right or you know uh, they they you know learn to talk to each other mm-hmm. to actually voice their concerns and you know what's making them uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, Reading reading the kind of synopsis for the show, it sounds like she's way out of his league. Uh, yeah, that's by a stereotypical that's sense. Generally, <laughs> the impression that gets thrown around. Um, okay, like there's a kind of moment later on in the series where we kind of get some like inner monologue from Iroha mm-hmm. about how the only good thing about her 
and she's like thinking this to herself is that the only good thing about her is that she has a pretty face. Um, uh, so she's insecure. Yeah. And so like she's lived her life kind of going from boyfriend to boyfriend, just realizing that the only reason that they're with her is because she's, you know, this pretty girl who they can flaunt about and try to get with. Um, uh. And then, you know, she took a chance on soon uh, soon and he's he doesn't really care like how she looks he cares more about you know that she's willing to accept him and his hobbies and that kind of thing so it was pretty cool to see yeah cool. i i definitely got was like happy that i stuck with it because it gets a lot better and i really appreciated Sunsun's character by the end um yeah not to say that there aren't some faults in mm-hmm. the show um the animation gets oh yeah truly atrocious at times yeah it takes some dips i'm gonna have to grab some screen caps because there were a couple where i was like oh my god wow wow we can't believe we got to this (laughs) level um and then there was a very kind of like puzzling story beat that they got to later in the season we meet uh brother yeah but and not really man, yeah not, not really yeah i we guess learn he's they're not blood related yeah Apparently so you know what that means yeah yeah um and i feel like <laughs> the show would be the ending would have been 10 times better without him in the picture i feel, well, um, i mean like <laughs> if if he's part of the manga which you know i'm I'm willing to bet he is, or, or Light Novel, yeah. or whatever. Yes, bring him in. But he needs to be, like, at the beginning of season two, where we can have, like, an arc where it's like, this guy's an asshole, and then he slowly yeah. but surely becomes not an asshole, or whatever. Or he just gets <laughs> gets out. Like, he leaves forever, please. <laughs> um, so this this anime is getting a second season. Yeah. So um, we will hopefully get that conclusion. And it will be interesting to see how they deal with her leaving, you know, in the the four months or whatever, three months that they have remaining. Um, Because apparently she's from a fairly well-off family, so she'll probably be sent to study abroad or something. She'll go to an all-girls school and become a school idol. Hey. (sighs) No, please don't. don't. I don't want the studio handling handling like a love life yeah i who who was the studio i don't even know hoods entertainment oh that's right because they did march and Madgen. so um yeah (laughs) oh one other thing about this series before we wrap this up uh this one is actually getting a live action i think either movie or tv show and tv show yeah and it actually looks okay based on the previews i'm i'm kind of want to watch it so cool yeah, it, nice. it, I am very, very happy that I picked up this anime because it's very rare, I think, that we get a romance of this sort, um, even if the production value wasn't extremely high. I really did appreciate the writing and the uh, the storytelling that they do between these characters. So I awesome. would give this, ooh, I give it a three and a half out of five. That's where um, that's I, where I'm at as well. Three point five. Yeah, I, I feel like better, a better, more, more budget, better studio. I think would really, really help this anime. Um, but I think it has a lot of strong points that people shouldn't look past. 
Mm-hmm. For sure, so. and and a second season. I mean, we can hope that because I mean, it's a good it's good to know that that they've already got the second season in the works. But hopefully, you know, it gets a little bit of love from the the community, like Blu-ray sales in Japan or whatever, yeah. and, and maybe they have a little bit more of a production budget to go in with. Uh, mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, pretty solid. Yeah, it sounds kind of like it sounds like a show that if you're someone who's watched a lot of the or all of the anime romance shows out there then definitely check this one out at least this is what i'm getting from it but there's definitely better romance out there uh yeah i mean for sure but you you know i don't think you lose anything by by watching this one cool. it's not a waste of time by any means awesome yeah I, I like the sound of it definitely pretty girl with the otaku i think uh i think it almost seems to kind of play on the whole otaku you know fantasy of having something like that but it almost seems more realistic in the way that they portrayed it based on what you're saying mm-hmm. so yep. um cool that, that's cool okay so the next show is one that i drafted back in winter um <laughs> this is uh card capture sakura uh what is it clear card hen yep. um so I can't wait to hear if there's actually, because I know we've talked a lot about this show, and I'm wondering if you're going to give us anything new. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, and where to begin? Uh, it's not bad, but let, let me start there. It's, but it's different. Um, if you're a card capture soccer fan uh, from the old series, you're used to uh, episode, like for the, at least for the cloud card arc and some some of the other ones you're used to like episode build up like monster of the week episode build up like you know there's a monster like a or a card coming um and uh there's something in the plot that ties with the the card itself they come together soccer you know captures it or shout on captures it because he's an asshole um and and everything's good to go um this one starts off, uh, Sakura is now in uh, middle school. Uh, she was in elementary school before. And uh, she has a dream that all the cards turn clear. And when she wakes up, it's true. All of her cards are clear. There's nothing in them. So she's got to now find out what's going on with that. And she's continually having this dream about this robed figure um, that she knows has something to do uh, with the, the the clear cards. Um so are we talking like clear, clear, or like clear file folder, clear no, the like, shit that Otaku pay a lot of like, money for? Like trans translucent, like you can see through them. Like oh, thing. Uh right. but the uh yeah, so so the whole season she well she she gets a new a new key from her dream, like just snatches it out of her dream and once again she's a card captor, and the whole season she's trying to figure out uh, who the robed figure is and what the deal with the new cards are. And the new cards, uh, card to card, they're essentially the old cards. They're essentially the cloud cards, but with different names. And they're, they're still in English. They just do the same thing. Um, but we don't really get a whole lot of answers. Um, I will say I was a bit perturbed because, like I said, they're like in normal soccer, you get uh, the buildup. There's uh, something at the beginning or something like that um, that's like, Something's happening in the town. Something's happening in Sakura's life. The two come together and she finds out it's a cloud card creating this disturbance or whatever. In this one, it's slice of life. And then, oh yeah, that's right. There are cards in this anime. Um, Because it's like 
she'll be talking with friends or hanging out or whatever. And like, sometimes just like out of the blue, a card will pop up just like out of nothing, like no preempt, like preemptive anything. So it was kind of interesting because it was different. But at the same time, I felt myself as a, you know, a fan kind of yearning for that old, like kind of cheesy buildup. And I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I actually really did. Like that's you know the reason I liked it as a kid. Um, yeah, it's that that traditional kind of episodic nature. Yeah. Of the show. So this, they, it felt like they were going really hard on the slice of life, and then like, oh yeah, that's right, we're supposed to do card of the week type stuff. Um, Was the show at least interesting as a slice of life? Like, if you were to remove the card thing completely i'm not gonna lie good (laughs) i almost fell asleep a couple times watching it during the slice of life part and granted this was late at night and i was tired but i was like i shouldn't be tired watching card capture sakura i should like this should wake me up uh because the original would as i stay up late at night watching toonami or whatever whenever it was on but um yeah like the slice of life okay so uh, you know shout on and 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 sakura they're they're very much into each other now. I mean, you should know this by the end of Card Captor Sakura. But, you know, now they're in middle school, they're totally so they, they kind of have feelings for each other, but it's middle school feelings, so nothing really happens. Anyway, uh, in this in this show, um, remember this is a two-core, so I apologize that I'm going to be talking about this for a while. But um, in this show, we get another transfer student from Hong Kong. Um, and uh, she kind of just shows up out of the blue uh she has a uh like a butler who's kind of like mysterious uh and eventually um i'm trying to figure out her name i'm sorry uh oh akiho sorry uh yeah so akiho comes uh and uh eventually you find out like way later the spoilers 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 akiho is the robed figure it wasn't really that hard to figure out though because who else could it have been um but akiho isn't akiho isn't aware of it is the thing uh she dreams it um she's some kind of mage herself um and her butler whose name is yuna uh they always refer to him by like his three names like he's a serial killer um yuna d kaito well, not always, but a lot of times they do. Anyway, uh, he seems to be the ones, the one pulling the strings uh, on uh, Akiho. Um, and at the end, we kind of like it doesn't really even end. Like Sakura finds out that Akiho is the robed, the robed figure, but like she has like a minor battle scene with the the still dreaming Akiho, and at the end of it uh yuna comes up and he's got like his magic is time magic so he just resets the clock and so it ends there so it's like okay when we pick up next season where are we going to be and like how long before we figure out what his motivation is you know yuna uh and whether or not akiho has anything to do with it because it really seems like she has she has no idea uh there's also a new sacred beast but like she we find out that she can talk like way late into the season and she doesn't really say anything of importance she just kind of lounges around and eats chocolate that's all that's all i know about her is that she's a bunny and she likes chocolate um so yeah just this season like gave way more questions than it answered and 
it didn't only didn't answer them because they were way more busy hanging out like and having picnics and stuff which is which is fine but i'm just like this isn't card i mean it is card capture soccer like the whole eating sweets and being super cute and stuff like that but not enough i don't know not enough of the episode uh, was dedicated to the actual cards in my opinion and they probably could have dedicated Mm -hmm. uh, a significant amount more to uh like solving the mystery than they did i don't know like shout out and sakura's like will they won't they relationship because they won't it's it's not gonna happen i mean it will but (laughs) i mean eventually they'll they'll have it like an episode but it's just not right now because it's early in the uh, in the series so where did we at least get the payoff as far as the costumes that was always one of my favorite things about Sakura was all the different costumes that are. I mean, yes her, and so. no. I mean, Tomoyo still okay. makes her costumes, and some of them are really great. And yeah, like the transformation. Oh, not the transformation because she doesn't transform; she just changes. But like the sequences when she was in full costume were brilliant. They looked great. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. And like, freaking, I can't uh, overstate how how much I love. Like when I when I saw the first core of this season, like I watched the opening uh, theme every time because it will, a, it was really good. And B it like had allusions to old card captor soccer, which I loved. Yeah, just so, so nostalgic. Yeah. I remember that being my thought every time I watched the first couple episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, and there were not to say that there weren't some really good episodes in there. There were some very good episodes, but there were so many parts in the middle where I was just like, Oh, for the love of God, just get on with it. Like, at one point, I like at at one point, you know it's Akiho. You know it's it can't be anyone else, and they just drag their feet getting to it. It's the slowest march towards a revelation I think I've ever seen, and that really bothered me. Um, other than that, I mean, looked gorgeous. Uh, same old card capture soccer like uh, stuff, you know, for the nostalgia crowd like us. Um, uh, the every episode ended with Kerberos doing his little like uh, rundown of the episode and all that stuff, which I really loved because again, that's a nostalgia thing. Cute, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't like I was expecting this to be my my show of at least one of the two seasons it was a part of, and it really, really was not. Um, yeah, I have to give Card Captor Sakura clear card and uh. I have to give it a 2.5 out of 5. <laughs> it's okay. It's not It's That's not fair. the best card capture soccer I've ever seen, though, and I'm really sad about that. Yeah, based on, I think, on our rating scheme, that's considered I mean, average, it, yeah, so it's, it it's sounds... okay. But that's just it. That, is that totally like a show average. like this, you'd expect, like, you'd expect something at least a 3, 3.5. And maybe I could, oh, yeah. I could argue that it is a 3 by the uh the the visuals never dropping and and the the uh music and like the ost and all that stuff but really at the end of the day the story just could not hold my attention i ended up having to binge it because towards the middle i just got i got bored no other way to say it so if you enjoyed it i apologize uh but it wasn't the sakura i was used to so unfortunate um and this next one is me as well. Uh, is this one I drafted? Hold on, let me go back and look. 
the next show on our list, uh, so I don't, did, yes. I don't keep you in suspense. Yeah, this is uh, Hina Matsuri. Uh, this was a comedy that aired uh, just this last season, so only 12 episodes. Um, and I mean, where to start? Uh, okay, so it starts off with um, this Yakuza. Uh, his name is Yoshifumi Nita, uh, heretofore just known as Nita. It's, it's just a lot easier. Um, but Nita is a, a fairly high-level like Yakuza captain, and he uh, one day... A like a pod, like almost like an egg-shaped pod, like pops into his house, and inside is uh, Hina, who is uh, they don't really go into it too uh, too far, but she's like a a psychic type entity from like another dimension. She's not like an alien, but she well, I guess that would technically be an alien anyway. Uh, but she she shows up and and. Uh, Nita helps her out of her pod, which was a really bad decision because uh, she then goes on to extort him uh, so that he has to allow her to uh, live with him and he pays for her. She essentially becomes his de facto daughter um, so that she doesn't, you know, break all of his stuff. Um, But it turns out to be a boon because uh, she ends up defeating an entire rival yakuza clan for him and making it look like he did it so now he's this big feared mafia guy um the rest of the story after that is just kind of every episode is broken down into like two episode or into well two two parts where we follow uh characters doing whatever um the it's mostly a black comedy i mean it it gets really dark at some points and really light at other points and really downright heartwarming in, in others. It's, it's kind of a hard show to nail down. Um, I'll just kind of go off cause it, it's easier to go off characters. Um, Hina has a, like she eventually goes, starts going to school. Uh, she makes a friend named Hitomi Mishima, who is a very good student, but very bad at, at saying no to anything. And so, Hitomi's shtick is, well, she's got a couple, but her main shtick uh, early on is that she gets hired as a bartender to this very sadistic woman. Um, and every time someone nearly catches her working at this bar, like, hey, you're an ele- elementary school, middle school, somewhere around there, student, um, uh, they are somehow convinced uh, that she is not. And apparently she makes a damn good drink and makes a damn good bartender. So... Uh, that's her thing. Uh, Hina's from uh, the world that she comes from. Hina is confronted by Anzu, who is a um, she's a telepath like Hina, but she's not as strong. So when she tries to capture Hina, she messes. Well, she she can't. And then even when she accepts the fact that she can't, she can't go back home uh, because she messes up her pod. So she actually ends up homeless, which, again, this is where it, the weird like heartfelt moments comes in because Anzu's moments were almost all, well, not almost all, but like from the middle point to the end, all of her stories were super heartfelt and just really heartwarming and nice. It was very confusing uh, in a comedy. Uh, but yeah, she, so she, she's homeless for a while, uh, makes friends with a homeless community. Um, and like they become her de facto family until 
she is adopted. Like when they close down the homeless shelter, the you know the city cl- uh, clamps down on I don't know homeless people. Um, she ends up uh, going to live with a couple uh, at a Chinese restaurant in Japan whatever and uh but she's so humbled by her experiences with the homeless that she's like a saint to these these foster (laughs) parents of hers because you know she's just way 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 too good um later on we get uh like way way later on we get mao who's also from anzu and hina's world uh but she gets stranded on a deserted island because she miscalculated the the distance (laughs) so her story is kind of like uh uh, kind of like just a lost at sea story because she's just stuck on an island. Like she makes, <laughs> she Tom Hanks it and she makes two coconuts that look like Hina and and Anzu and she she plays with them. Yeah, it's yeah, Wilson. it's it's actually kind of in some parts it's kind of depressing to watch that part <laughs> because it's like it's funny at first and then just like oh she's really sad. Um, yeah. So like again, just like these little stories that are like some parts really funny some parts really dark some parts really heartfelt so it's it it hits a lot of notes and it does it really really well uh just super confusing and it keep kind of keeps you on your toes because you don't know what to expect from episode to episode um uh i i can't really think of a whole lot of bad points except Hina does get like after a while she gets kind of samey like as a main character she's not she wasn't nearly as interesting as 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 the other characters I mentioned especially Anzu and uh to a lesser extent Hitomi like I enjoyed Hitomi and Anzu's interactions like a million times more than a lot of the stuff Hina did some of the stuff Hina did like a lot of it made me laugh um but yeah uh not a whole lot I could say other than uh, if that sounded interesting to you, definitely give it a watch. It's it's one of the comedies. It, it like it's a very rare comedy. Like I, I can't really think of a whole lot of other black comedies outside of the uh, the ghost stories dub, and that's that's that's, that's not how <laughs> the original was played out. So I think anyone who see, has seen the ghost stories dub may watch the show now because yeah. <laughs> That was so good. If you in- I don't think the two are similar at all. Yeah. Personally. Well, disagree. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, um, there's quite a bit to love in this show. Uh, and if that sounded interesting to you, I give this a 4.5 out of 5. I really love this show. Oh, nice. Um, hoping for more of it. That shocks me, actually. That's higher than than I expected uh, based on your description, but cool. Uh, that's especially with, now with the, the last revelation you made about it being maybe potentially somewhat parallel with the ghost. Uh, stuff. <laughs> it's just some of the, some of the darker, yeah. some of the darker humor is, yeah. is, uh, is it kind of reminded me of that kind of humor. I mean, cause I can't really gotcha. think of a whole lot of other just super. I mean, and it only gets super dark in a couple points. Like I said, it's, it's a weird comedy that's it's hard to explain, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I'd say give it a few episodes, and if you like it, cool. And if you don't, then drop it because <laughs> it's yeah, it's it it's not three. going to it's not going to get any better or worse. Okay, and the next one is mine. I think, I think the next one is yours, <laughs> and this is one that 
I think had a lot of anticipation going in being uh, what it was. Uh, I I don't know if you could call it monster girls, but definitely anthropomorphized girls of some kind. Yeah. Uh, this one is uh, Uma Musume, Pretty Derby. Um, it is a 13-episode show about, like Jeff said, anthropomorphized girls. Uh, in this case, anthropomorphized racehorses. Um and they're, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's a, it's a sports cute girls doing cute, uh, cute things type of, type of show, uh, emphasis though on like the, they do train quite a bit and we do see quite a few of their races and stuff like that. And they do have the, the very sports anime, you know, I want to get better. I want to be the best, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I will say that, uh, shout out to, uh, Supango from the discord and obviously from uh, if you're a listener from the uh, previous episodes, uh, because I uh, friend of the cast, yeah, friend of the cast. There you go. That works. Take two. Anyway. Um, so he, he popped on the discord to inform us that uh, these were, I mean, I, I kind of figured that they were actual horses, but these were actual horses, uh, you know, from fairly recent history and many of the races, if not all of them, I can't remember if he said all of them, but um, many of the races were historically accurate to uh, the records of these these horses. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting and kind of cool touch. That's super cool. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> so, so you get these races and early on, I mean, first episode really, um, you're told that uh, uh, these girls race – and at the end of the race, the top three have an idol concert, which, I mean, you'd think they'd be really tired, but I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to say no to idol concerts. However, that rarely happens in this show. Like, they'll show the idol concert has happened, but, like, you won't get, like, full idol idol show. Not even the last one. Even the last one's, like, you get some of the singing and dancing, but it's cut short. Um so that was kind of disappointing for me uh, as an idol fan, um, not being able to see whole concerts. The first one was, even the first one, no, the, okay, the first one was uh, the main character, whose name is Special Week, uh, sees her first race and she sees her first concert. And I think they do the whole whole one in that one. But Special Week's first concert, they, like, she completely bombs it. So, like, nothing happens in that one. And, and yeah, it's it's kind of disappointing not to be able to see the different songs, because I imagine they're going to have them in the mobile game, which is still in pre-registration right now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, this anime, the the horse girls are separated into, uh, I mean, there are multiple teams, but we follow Spica uh, the most. Um, there's also another team whose name escapes me. I can't remember it. I, I've never watched the show at all, but I'm just trying to understand a little more about the kind of, first of all, the anatomy of these horse girls. And second of all, is there, you say teams, are they like, uh, are they part of stables? Like, are there owners or, you know, cause the whole, well, horse there's culture, like a, right? there's like a coach. There okay. aren't any owners. Apparently, no, there's, there's no owners. It's just, they have a coach and the teams, I, the only way I can think of it is like racing teams. I don't I don't know a whole lot about um, about racing and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. like I know that like I don't know in NASCAR don't they have like teams, but like you still compete right. against each other. 
Yeah, but so, like, I mean, I say owner because like you'll have an owner who owns a stable and you may have yeah, several yeah, horses yeah, yeah. in the race. So it almost sounds like maybe that would be what no, they're, they're they're part of a team and the team pretty much pays for their their training and all that stuff. And I guess maybe the winnings come back to the team as well, which doesn't make any sense because Team Spico wins quite a bit early on and their training facilities are still kind of meh. Um, but yeah, as for the uh, anatomy, they're normal girls with tails and ears. Yeah. Okay, so they don't have horse legs or anything. They're totally mm. normal girls. What's okay. funny to me is that is that some of them wear the like uh, uh, special weeks uh, kind of friend slash rival Silent Suzuka wears like mm-hmm. the the ear like covers for horses. But I, I always was expecting them to be wearing blinders, and they never wear, or like a, or like a, like a feeder. And I was like, oh, they don't eat from a feeder. That's a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> they do love carrots, though. Um, yeah. So they they just uh, the whole anime is just uh, training for different races at different times, and and different horses, you know, horse girls, I should say. Uh, getting ready and and the the glory of of victory and the agony of defeat kind of stuff um uh, there is a pretty decent arc towards the end with silent suzuka actually getting uh, a serious injury which i'm glad they didn't take it down the realism route because that would have been pretty depressing uh but instead she you know uh she recovers in a hospital yeah yeah off to off to the glue factory um no she she recovers in a hospital and, and special week has to kind of come to terms of training without her rival, et cetera, et cetera, which I thought was, was pretty, it was pretty nice. So in the spirit um, of, of this being the 69th podcast, was there any kind of like putting them out to pasture and mating them for uh, future generations? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, apparently, uh, I mean, there were clearly men. One of the trainers, I mean, the, the trainer of Spico was a man and a very befuddling man at that. And his name was just trainer. <laughs> So that's it. Like that's, that's when your parents are getting you ready for, for a profession is when you name you Trainer. by the profession. It's like, um, Tetoku, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're clearly men and like uh special week's mom lived out in the country with another lady um, who was special week's other mother. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that like, the the horse girls breed but there weren't any horse guys so i imagine it was with just regular human men but but however it happened like special week's mom had her and then lived with another woman as as a married couple i see they don't even go into that but like special week calls special week calls calls the human like woman who raised her for the most part her other mom so i'm not sure if they were like a couple or if they were just really good friends and special week's mom had a a tryst with someone else i have no idea so it it is it's not that serious of an anime so yeah <laughs> the story yeah, brought just, the horses that yeah, or the exactly. giant horse maybe the pegasus flew in with the horses there you go that's <laughs> that's how it works right uh that's how we get horse girls anyway yeah so it's not the the best thing i saw uh all year and in some cases the animation wasn't like perfect but i mean it wasn't bad it wasn't offensive i didn't hate it um if i got more i wouldn't complain too much about it but i would ask for you know 
more of the idol concert type stuff and um it, this this feels like it, it definitely feels like a a mobile game anime where we get a lot of a lot of characters at once the thing is with other mobile game anime there are audiences for it Whereas mm-hmm. with Uma Musume, the game's not even out yet. That's so weird, <laughs> so, yeah. So nobody knows who these girls are in the first place, except people who know a lot about historical horse yeah. racing. I mean, we'll be honest. I think the that's almost similar to the Kankole anime. I, I think Kankole obviously was super popular in Japan, but I think a lot of American um, players of that game didn't start playing until they found out about it through the anime. At least that was oh, me. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm definitely following this game, mm-hmm. uh, and I w- I will probably pick it up and and give it a shot on the Japanese server when it comes out. But but yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, it's hard for me to believe that e- even the the Japanese audience, because like this has been really anticipated, not just as an anime but as a game for a long time. So it's kind of baffling to me that the game didn't come out first. You know, kind of build up that hype. Um, I'm I'm really wondering what they're what they're developing there, but. Interesting. Maybe see. they'll maybe they're expecting to make their money on the game, so they wanted to try to build hype before the game came out, which almost makes sense. Actually, uh, games are probably more profitable than anime these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for sure. Especially, I, I guarantee you, there's a gotcha element in that game. No um, but uh, uh, yeah, so not a bad anime. Not. Uh, the greatest thing I ever saw. So 3.5 out of 5 is what I'd give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recommend it if you just like if you just like mobile game anime. Or if you like cute anthropomorphized girls doing <laughs> cute anthropomorphized things. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Yeah. Cool. Um, seems appropriate that uh, the next show is also a sports anime. Also a racing anime, though it's not about girls or about horses. Um it's about uh, bikes in Yomushi Pedal, a glory line, which I feel like I've done a lot of talking about already uh, leading up into this review. I may disappoint some of you. I don't think I will because I don't know that there's too many people who are still really super psyched about this show right now. Uh, it's been going on for a while. I think a lot of people started on really high, including myself, um, with the Yomushi Pedal series. But I think, honestly, um, the excitement for the show is waning pretty significantly, at least for me. Uh, because I don't know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be doing anything new. Uh, the entire season's pretty much been the second inter high, which is like the, the great, uh, high school bike, uh, race in Japan. And so you have all these high schools coming together and racing and it's a huge bike race. It's a, it's like a tour de France of, um, you know, high school bike racing. And they certainly make it feel like that tour de France being a long and grueling race. And this race to have an entire season of anime stretched out and not even finish the race. Um, it just feels too long. And, And essentially for those of you who don't know, uh, bike racing is instead of it just being like you start and then there's the finish line there's days or sections that people race for um and so like with like the tour de france you have like your different parts of the mountains and the the valleys and the stretches and they do these different sections and then the winner of each of those sections gets certain accolades but really everyone's racing for the finish line um eventually but this anime takes each of those like 
for example, the king of the mountain, the first person to reach the top of a certain mountain on this racetrack gets, you know, a, a certain, in, in this, it would be like a name tag. They, they are not a name tag, a number tag. That's a certain color. Um, kind of bragging rights. Like I got to the mountain before everybody else. Uh, but at the end of the day, everyone's going for the finish line, which we haven't even gotten to yet. Um, spoilers <laughs> at the end of this <laughs> season. Um, but it's really like building up every single episode. It's like the next where we're racing for the next, um, kind of, uh, minor finish line, I guess. I, I, I know there's a word for it, but the next, uh, the next goal or the next, um, achievement. I, I, I don't know. Uh, during this inner high race. Um, and it, there's so much anticipation for each of them that it almost feels like you're watching it and you're like, holy crap, are they actually racing for the finish line this time? And then you'll almost think that for a couple episodes and then they're like, nah, this is just the, uh, the second day finish line. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it I feel like this season's been a letdown for me. Um, it's definitely, even as someone who has been really into bike biking uh, and cycling lately, uh, more so even when I started watching the show. I think when I started watching the show, I kind of was interested in bike biking and cycling, whereas now I actually do. In fact, I watched a majority of the show while I was on the trainer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually cycled on my trainer while I watched Yomushi Pedal for a majority of the season, which was kind of funny. Um, but... Uh, it didn't, it, the banter was fun. Uh, we got a lot of really fun banter between the characters, but it was super predictable, uh, as far as what the, um, outcomes were of each of the finish lines. Um, strangely, the main group, uh, almost seems to have taken a backseat to what was in the first season, uh, or the first kind of section of Yomushi Pedal. Uh, a different high school. Actually, there's a different high school that's totally dominating the shit out of them in this season. Um, hmm. And uh, so it's really not, it has not been your typical, like good guy w ends up winning in the, in the end kind of thing. Really. They've been getting their, their asses handed to them. Um, and in a way that's like, Oh, they might actually make it. And then every single time, no, they didn't make it because the other high school totally like pulled something out of their ass and won. So that was in a way very disappointing because, you know, you keep kind of rooting and thinking that you're going to come out on top and it ends up not being the case. There's also a lot of filler in this season um, in a way where they're trying to. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so like in the middle of a race? Exactly. Um, you'll literally be like, there's 100 meters left to the finish, which 100 meters on a, on a bike is not. A lot you know you you finish 100 meters quick um and that'll be an entire episode because they're doing backstory where the characters are thinking like like oh my god this reminds me of my childhood when my father beat me or something i mean i don't know it's like <laughs> this crazy backstory where they're taking they're even taking characters that were super unlikable and trying to make you empathize with them a little bit because like oh my god they had a terrible childhood um or oh my god they're like they were always overshadowed by their big brother or something, you know, like all these like things. So you're getting a lot of backstory for side characters where they're trying to make you care more about the finish for each of these. But then you realize like, this doesn't matter. This is all for a colored name tag or a colored number <laughs> on your back. <laughs> um, so 
I had a hard time really caring. It was a really fun show to watch while I was on my trainer. Uh, and yeah, I did enjoy some of the banter. Um, I still enjoy the cycling aspect of the show. I think they add a lot of cool things as someone who is now into cycling. Um, little little uh, bits and pieces of, of kind of cycling, kind of otaku information in there. Uh, it's fun to kind of see wh- what type of bikes they all have because all their bikes are real bikes that are just kind of, you know, how like Wick Donald's um, <laughs> is in a lot of anime. Um, yeah, yeah. All their bikes are just a, like a, a letter off of, you know, an actual bike brand. So it's kind of fun to see that. Uh, but yeah, the show's kind of ridiculous and a lot of really ridiculous stuff happens. It's kind of devolved, I think, into that, um, like, you know, even though nothing like supernatural happens in the show, they, uh, they do pretty ridiculously supernatural things. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think I can give a score on this because this is officially the end of the season. Um, definitely not the end of this show. I the the, the ending point was not um, an end, but I mean, I yeah, I certainly hope so. Considering you said they're not even done with the race, right. um, though I don't know. I don't know what the popularity for this show is like in Japan or, or how it's doing, but um, I hope it continues. I'd love to see the end of this inner high, though. This inner high doesn't feel like that important, honestly. It's the second inner high we've already seen one, um, and it's been dragged out so much. So, uh, um, yeah. I, I can't give you almost you pedal more than a 2.5. And that's with the bias of me being someone who's into cycling. Um, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's overstated. It's welcome. I think that would be kind of my general opinion of the show at this point. It's, uh, um, I think it's time to end it. I think they probably should have ended it after the first inner high, uh, because at this point it just doesn't feel all that important anymore. Well, uh, Going from, yeah, I have no segue. Going from <laughs> bikes to historical, I don't know, murderous bears. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out at all. Take two. I want to uh, see a oh, crossover for these shows. Uh, no, I, no, you don't. Your characters would not last. Uh, <laughs> next show is one of the, the like, actually, my first draft pick, uh, Golden Kamoi. It's based off a of manga, a manga that I uh, enjoy quite a bit. It is a uh historical action drama uh mystery type show uh that follows a character named Saichi uh Sugimoto or Immortal Sugimoto uh he is a, a Russo-Japanese war vet who came back home uh okay uh, yeah so he he came back home and he needs money my problem is is that they don't really explain why he needs money. They don't go into his backstory as much as they do in the manga. And like it's in this like in this part like that they that they're in right now, I guess the the, the part of the manga that they're in, it's early on that they tell you why. And they don't they kind of gloss over it here. So in case you forgot, it's because his friends um one of his friends during the war uh has a wife and you wouldn't know this if you didn't read the manga because they didn't cover it at all in the <laughs> anime. But um, Sugimoto knows both of them from his childhood and he actually loved that man's wife, but he let her go because of reasons um, that the manga gets into. Anyway, um, but yeah, he wants to he wants to get enough money to be able to send her to America to see an eye doctor uh, to fix her eyes. Um, 
And in the process of trying to earn money through just fishing in Hokkaido, um, a, a old drunkard uh, tells him the story of a group of outlaws who broke out of prison. Um, but before they broke out of prison, they learned of uh, treasure from one of the inmates. And the inmate tattooed a bunch of, uh, of these guys who broke out. He tattooed their skin uh, with a map. To the gold and promised to split it with all of them uh, once they'd escaped. And of course, many of them too stupid to realize that a lot of them uh, would have to be skinned to get that map off of them. Um, so they all break out and, and you know, he, this drunkard te- is telling Sugimoto this and Sugimoto's like, all right, you're full of shit. This is a wife's tale. Um, well, the drunkard uh, wakes up and uh, then tries to kill Sugimoto because he told him too much and <laughs> Sugimoto's like, oh, it's real. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, he fends off uh, the attack, and a bear actually kills the old man. Uh, so when he uh, takes a look at the old man's uh, skin, he sees the tattoo that he was talking about, and he takes it from him uh, with the help of... Uh, he eventually meets, uh, during this time, a... Um, an Ainu girl. Uh, Ainu were essentially natives of north, the north area of Japan that were, you know, eventually uh, brought under the benevolent rule of the Japanese emperors. Yes, that's what we'll say. Um, kind of the way, you know, the Native Americans were brought under the benevolent rule of the United States of America or the Spanish Empire or the Mexican Empire. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Asirpa uh, is is this Ainu girl, and she agrees to help Sugimoto find the gold uh, because uh, the gold is tied to her father, um, and it's technically Ainu gold that was stolen. So they agree to, to split the gold uh, 50-50, and they continue on their adventures to kind of unravel the mystery of, of the gold, of the escaped inmates, and of the different factions, because um, uh, looking for like they're not the only people looking for the gold. Obviously, there's the inmates. Uh, there is a separate faction of inmates that is run by a uh, an ex samurai from the Boshi War, which uh, uh, fans of Sa- uh, Samurai X or the Ruroni Kenshin series would uh, would know because he's a, um, a former Shinsegumi. Um, hmm. And then there's a military faction, a, a splinter of the the military that Sugimoto fought with are trying to create a, like a, a military state in Hokkaido using that gold. So it's just like a bunch of factions vying for the same gold and Sugimoto and this Ainu girl uh, caught in the middle of it. Um, it follows like other than the, the brief bits it glosses over about Sugimoto's past, it follows the manga pretty faithfully, which I was very happy about. <laughs> Although, and I, I'm sure that, you know, people who watched it are waiting for me to mention it. Uh, there is one part of it that looks different, and that is the CG animals. Uh, most uh-huh. notably the bear, which just looks horrific. So good. Um, there's no other way to get around it. They made a... Uh, he, he almost looks otherworldly in in the uh the anime that they're in like he doesn't belong there 
or she. Didn't they make statements about how <laughs> using CG is difficult? They they made statements about how they wanted to make it CG because they wanted like all the the fur to be flowing, and the fur did flow, but it looked like a flipping teddy bear. <laughs> so, I mean, they uh, the I will say that the bear in the manga is super well drawn, and to do it. In that style, in animation, probably would have been very difficult. I'm sure there are some studios that could have pulled it off, uh, but, but this one, unfortunately, did not. Um, and they didn't even try to. Uh, this was uh, Gino Studio, by the way. So, yeah. like the And the... the uh, uh, Asirpa has a, a wolf companion that we, we meet eventually. Uh, and his action scenes too are a little CG and, and sometimes it makes him look a little less ferocious than he probably could as a wolf, as a giant Hokkaido wolf. Um, but I mean, uh, after, I mean, aside from the animals, which I mean, there are, they are a kind of big part of this anime. Um, everything else was fine. The action was actually pretty spot on and it's, it's very, I mean, this is a, a fairly, dark-ish anime there are moments of levity between Sugimoto and uh, especially between Sugimoto and uh, Asirpa but the the <laughs> the commander of the the army forces that are like I said trying to uh, uh, detach from the Japanese government his name is Sud- uh, Lieutenant Surumi uh, he had part of the front of his skull blown off during the Russo Japanese war so he looks kind of horrific with this weird metal plate on his head and as somebody with a little bit of, you know, brain damage, he's also kind of like a Joker type figure. You never really know what he's going to do. Like, for example, he bites a guy's finger off. Uh, (laughs) He also, he also cuts a, like a, like one of the guys they find out in his unit is a traitor. He cuts his ear off and starts shouting into it, asking him where they, where uh, Sugimoto is. Um, So yeah, he's, he's one of those characters. Um, and and there are there are other uh, pretty pretty dark characters in this this anime, but uh, like always, it's always done with like this like there, there's these awful things that happen, and then there's like the veneer of of I don't know levity with Sugimoto and Asirpa until Sugimoto is like fuck you, I'm immortal Sugimoto, and and goes ham and kills them or whatever. Um, so this show's pretty damn dark. It sounds like. I mean, it, it can be, it can be. And like other times it's not like it's, it, it's another one that's kind of hard to nail down. It is like the, the sto- the overall story is pretty dark. Um, but you're always kind of rooting for, you know, Sugimoto and, and hoping that they make it out of this latest pinch alive and whatnot. And, uh, spoilers up until the end of this anime, they do, but it's definitely not done. And another, an- or another season uh, has been announced. It will be coming back, um, uh, actually this fall. So yes, good I will definitely be covering it again. Hopefully no more CG bears, uh, but I'm, I'm not like super confident that they won't. Uh, also well, like one last thing, to, uh, this anime, it's kind of hard to, uh, aside from the, the two main characters, a lot of the other characters, like they have ups and downs. It's kind of hard to like pin down whether you like them or not uh, because I mean, they're all kind of scumbags. Um, they're, you know, they have good points to them, but, you know, 
a lot of them are criminals because you know they're the escaped inmates. Uh, a lot of them are uh, are men vying for a military state, which you're like, oh, Japan actually did do that, and it didn't work out too well for them. Um, or the well, actually, no, two sides are really vying for like a military state. So yeah, it's it's really hard to pin down who you like in this show. Uh, but uh, but overall, it's. I, I think it's a, an experience worth it if you like that kind of like thrillery action that's got a very dark side to it. Um, but like I said, animation, not great. Uh, I'd give this one a four out of five. And that might just be because I love the manga so much. But it is, <laughs> it's it's still very good. I think the they nailed the interactions between people well enough that I could overlook the horrific bear. <laughs> And not the good kind of horrific bear. Like a bear should be horrific when it's attacking you. Uh, yeah, four out of five. Not bad. Uh, not great. But uh, but actually, I guess that would be really good. But anyway, eh, I'm I'm rambling. Save no, yeah. save me, Logan. <laughs> save you. Okay. Well, then I will talk about um, a show that I drafted uh, from this previous season, and that is the sequel. To the anime Amanchu, which is titled Amanchu Advance. Um, and it pretty much picks up right where season one um, ended. We still get to follow uh, Futaba and um, Pikari as they get up to more diving hijinks and stuff like that. Um, it's it, it definitely maintained its very chill uh slice of life feel uh throughout the season though the big changes from this season were that they really dipped into a lot of more supernaturally supernatural i guess feeling aspects um dreaming was a big part of uh a couple of the arcs where um in one arc uh futaba kind of you know, goes into her dreams and kind of learns how freeing it can be. Learns to fly on a broomstick and stuff like that. Um, just kind of fun stuff that they kind of explore with all that. Uh, there was an arc that <laughs> was slightly weird um, and kind of off-putting. Centered around the school festival and this boy that apparently haunts the school named peter huh um that the teacher is like on the lookout for to make sure that he doesn't um take any girls with him and we get we find out that um back when uh, their teacher whose name is do to do i can't remember off the top uh mato uh, back when she was in school, she ran into Peter, and Peter has this um, world called Neverland. <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Does he now? Yeah. <laughs> does he have a pirate? <laughs> he does indeed. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. He has a pirate ship. Uh, <laughs> and we find out that it's uh, Peter created this world because it's it's hard to explain he created this world through 
tears because he was abandoned as a young child at a shrine and the god of the shrine granted him this world where he could you know make his dreams come true but eventually the sorrow of being abandoned kind of caught up and the world started to uh, flood from the tears of him as a child that's deep and it, it it is pretty deep um there were a lot of kind of deep philosophical you know thought provoking yeah. moments this season that i i really did appreciate quite a bit um but uh peter brought mato into this world uh when she was in high school and uh she kind of fell in love with peter and decided to stay in the world with peter even though it was destined to crumble around them but he uh kicked her out because he you know cared about her as well um and then so she you know when she gets back to reality and she can't necessarily determine whether or not what she saw was real or not um but there are you know sightings at these school festivals of a boy named peter who will try to lure uh people into this world because he is lonely and stuff um so i the senpai of the diving club um runs into peter and kind of gets dragged into the world and i want you to know how confusing that sentence um, was for a little bit i yeah, the senpai, uh, i'm the like senpai, oh yeah logan i did not know we were in a diving club and i did not know you were our senpai <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> i the senpai i am the senpai no i need a mia the the senpai of the diving club um yeah she kind of is instantly, you know, smitten with Peter because he's a very charming um, individual. Uh, he definitely came off as more creepy to me, but that's just me. Um, but she kind of finds out that, you know, Mato had been in this world before and that uh, Peter was afraid of, you know, anyone actually staying with him despite being lonely. And so she kind of helps him realize that he needs to leave this world that he's created and fight for his life in whatever timeline that he's in um, so that he can not be lonely and you know, not be abandoned and stuff like that. So I'm doing a bad job of explaining this, but it was a very interesting um, direction for them to kind of take the show uh through this arc i think this was like a four episode arc in the middle of the anime um that had a very sweet ending i think it was kind of heartbreaking in some ways sweet in others um the baby that peter uh was ended up being another teacher at the school and they find that out so mato and that teacher you know have this history that they didn't realize necessarily let me see now that i've <laughs> thoroughly confused everyone here let me think about other things that i can talk about um they do introduce a couple new characters uh we get a, a character early on named kokoro that picari runs into um, while diving one day uh and Picari like really enjoys having Kokoro around. We find out that Kokoro 
is actually a very cute looking boy um and he instantly like developed a crush on Picari, but they kind of play off that the entire um season i don't know it was a very chill uh i will say i mean i i I definitely uh didn't watch um the show like because i haven't seen the the other one or the the first season um and i saw uh Uh like part of an episode of it in japan like me and steven were chilling in the hotel room and retired one night and you know anime comes on late at night and we, we popped it on and i watched it Man, uh-huh. that show went some places because, like, oh, I'm I'm saying like from what you're saying because what I saw was just diving, yeah. and I'm like, wow, yeah. So uh, I guess yeah, I should say this is actually a show about diving because <laughs> that's what I watch, and I'm like, oh, I'm, uh-huh. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to binge the first season because this looks really good. And what you're telling me, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> it's yeah, it's such a strange thing because. Yeah, the the main crux of the show is that it's about diving. It's about uh, Futaba getting her advanced license this season. That's the the main storyline. But it definitely gets overshadowed by these very kind of strange supernatural stories that they intertwine, um, which were not present at all in the first season. But if you're familiar with um, the work of the uh, mangaka, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, um, they did Aria the animation as well. I was going to ask you was, about Aria the animation because I know that's one of your favorites, and this one looks similar. Yeah, it's that's yeah a top five anime for me. Um, and it's definitely one that is kind of intertwined with these supernatural aspects as well. And there's like the the supernatural aspects of a Manchu advance are definitely like in a lot of ways, throwbacks to Arya. Oh, okay. um, the god that gives Peter his world is this cat god that, I don't know if god's the correct term, but this cat that um, plays a big part of some of the later seasons of Arya. So, yeah, it was definitely a very strange mix, but I didn't hate it. Um, I know some people didn't necessarily care for it, and I completely understand that because it's not <laughs> necessarily what you sign up for after watching the first season because you do want just more of the the diving and stuff. Um, and that stuff is definitely there, but yeah, it's definitely it's kind of overshadowed by the weirdness. You could totally skip those episodes and still have a great time hmm. uh, with this anime. Uh, I would give it a four out of five, um, because it was just, it's just such a fun, uh, show to watch and it's a great way to, you know, wind down before you go to bed. So if you're looking for that kind of thing, definitely give this one a look. Definitely start with the first season if you haven't seen it. Um, and definitely go watch Arya because that show is great too. Okay. Very nice. This guy, um, guy or girl, uh, whoever was the original creator, loves loves their water. In the ocean. <laughs> they do, they do indeed. Oh, that, and I like the show looks very good. Amanchu looks fantastic. Um, they have a lot of fun with uh, character designs and making weird, funny faces, which can be off putting for some. But I really enjoy 
uh, how nice. they do it. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember that being one of your uh, also one of the things you loved about Ari is just the beauty of it. So, cool. Okay. I can't wait so to hear this about next this one. Show is one that I. The guy at AX told me that this was a really yeah, good yeah. show. The guy, at, uh, the guy at the Aniplex panel said that this was a really good show, and I disagree. Uh, but we'll get into it. Um, so this was a show that I drafted uh, winter of uh, this year, uh, but it was two core, so it just wrapped up. And I'm talking about Grand Crest Sankey or the record of Grand Crest War, or just Grand Crest War. Um, this was a 24-episode show. Uh, and it is kind of a political uh, intrigue slash drama um, about uh, – it's done by the same guy who did Lotus War. So Fantasy World, uh, although not a whole lot of fantasy creatures. It's just like Fantasy World with humans. Uh, and and the first thing I thought when I, when I saw and kind of heard that was, okay, so Game of Thrones – and it kind of feels like they did take a little of like a few cues from Game of Thrones, just without without any of the backstory. Uh, so let's let's get into that. Um, so this world, uh, there are uh, crests. Like these crests were, I believe, they were given by like the gods um, to mankind to repel chaos. And chaos is um, just like these demon creatures. Spoilers: They're not going to play a, a huge role in the anime itself. Um, but they do in the beginning. Uh, we get the we're starting off, and the the two uh, major factions of uh, the Union and the Alliance they've been warring for years and years and years. And the heiress and the heir of the two factions are coming together to uh, to get married. Um, the uh, wedding ceremony is interrupted by chaos, like by a chaos demon. And everyone's like, how did this happen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the kings of both nations uh, try to defend um, their, you know, the people in the hall and their their children. Uh, but to no avail, they're both killed. And instead of driving people closer, this somehow separates them. Uh, because instead of, you know, really buckling down and being like, all right, they clearly want to kill us. We need to have the Grand Crest, which the Grand Crest is the uh, amalgamation of all the crests into one, which will seal chaos away for the next however many thousands of years or whatever. Um, so, like instead of instead of like bringing them together, the couple to be decide, oh no, they don't want us together, so we totally shouldn't be together and rekindle the war, um, which. Okay, uh, so we don't really focus on them too much at the start. Instead, we uh, visit a young knight named Theo Corn- uh, Cornero, who is trying to like rags to riches himself into a lordship, so that he can save his uh, his native um, uh, island country of Sistina. Sistina is essentially Sicily. Like all these places are essentially sub places. They just do them for. Never mind. Uh, I was gonna say. So yeah, Sistina is essentially <laughs> Italy. It's run by the mafia. Um, a mafia. Anyway, uh, so Theo defends a young mage who is on her way to serve another lord. Um, but uh, and this young mage, her name is Silica, and Silica. Uh, decides after seeing this young knight that she would rather serve him kind of has this kind of like fate moment where she's like 
this guy is going to be something. And so she pledges herself to him and the two set about uh, forming their own kingdom. Not really kingdom, like forming, like grabbing up some land, like from another Lord. They, they take it from him because apparently he was a bastard. Um, and he was, uh, and then they go about like conquering the, the Lords around them. But instead of like killing them off, they, they, like Theo is such a great guy that he's able to turn these uh, the surrounding lords into vassals um, until he is confronted with uh, Marin, who is uh, the leader of, oh, I don't remember if she was Union or Alliance. No, it really doesn't. She's that one doesn't of the, she's really matter. <laughs> And she was the yeah. The well, one that she's was she's get one of the leaders. Of, she's essentially the queen of one of the factions, and uh, incensed by the the audacity of Theo wanting to be part of her kingdom, because to be fair, they had broken off and they were trying to get back in. They were trying to maneuver politically and doing it poorly because they're both young, Theo and Silica. Um, uh, Marine decides to you know uh, gather an army and and you know stamp out this upstart lord. Um, Theo holds out and uh, a lord from the opposition faction uh, named Constance Villar or Villar Constance. Um, Villar comes and helps him out and, you know, essentially embarrasses uh, Marine because she was bested by this uh, upstart lord. Uh, so Theo joins Villar's uh, how do you say council? He decides to give up his lands uh, so that he can stay with Silica because he would have to give her up otherwise because reasons. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that Villar is the cousin of yeah, Vil- Marine. Villar is a cousin. Yeah, is Marine's cousin. Um, he's part of the other faction because his parents were also part of a doomed marriage between the two factions. Um, I actually really okay. One thing. I loved Villar's story. Loved it. I loved his reason for for gathering like beautiful women to him, and I loved his reason for not touching a single one of them. His whole hatred, like not hatred, but like severe anxiety and stuff like that over being around women due to his mother. Love that backstory. I'm like, that is a character right there. That's super cool. Uh, because yeah, I appreciated his reason behind letting them go at a young age. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was a really interesting character and a really like well thought out character. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he enters Villar's service. Uh, so the war is not going great for Marine, and Marine decides to start herself on the path of kind of like uh, more vicious warfare. Uh, she decides to chemically gas a city with. Very natural gas that doesn't kill, but you know, like they just ride into town and kill everybody. So, Cap, you know, I agree. I'm I'm not sitting here. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, like saying that that chemical warfare is a good thing, but she uses chemical warfare uh, on this this um, uh, this one lord um, from another from the the other faction, and um, and she's just universally condemned for it how could you do that like even her old mage is like man i feel really bad about doing this and it is it's a really shitty thing to do uh uh but later on in this in the show and i'm i'm, I'm skipping ahead quite a bit but later on in the show 
the opposition faction uses chemical warfare, like these white witches use use chemical weapons to kill uh, these the the oh, what's his name again? Like uh, Misra. The essentially, we'll just call him. He's the Middle Eastern guy. He's the he eventually becomes the Middle Eastern king type guy from the country to the east, which is clearly uh like a middle east ripoff he's very clearly arabic um but yeah these white witches use like chemical weapons essentially poison gas to kill his troops you know while they're attacking and it's like no no one condemns them that's cool uh anyway uh he has a tool so to be fair yes but his men aren't that's true (laughs) but it's unfortunate that they have to serve him it's unfortunate that that there's a huge double standard in warfare um Based on who's the good guy at the time. But, um, yeah, so there is a part where out during her little uh, uh, deci- decision to get more vicious, uh, Marine uh, participates in what's technically political rape. Um, I mean, she's she is will- a willing participant technically, but not really. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very this hmm, is hard to watch. I- drop the show yeah it, i was done i after after thinking about it for a while if they were going to do a anime game of thrones this makes sense her decision making made sense it was unfortunate and to say that political rape never happened in the in human history when we've had uh queens and other ladies in power is kind of foolish but at the same time, it was very difficult to watch. Stomach churning. I understood it. It was the decisions that came after and before that were really hard to swallow. Um, I mean, I, I won't bore you too much, but as a a really big history nerd, it was hard to watch cavalry formations charge into spearmen and just decimate them. Um, it was it like the the it. it the spearmen are supposed yeah, to counter you the cavalry. You, you play total war, <laughs> no, but like just, just like that kind of thing. Like they're trained soldiers. Like you hold the line, you spear their horses, you keep them bottled up. Like that's not how warfare of that type is done. And you're like, but they have magic. They don't use magic as much as like early on in the series when Theo is is fighting his like tiny little proxy wars of like two hundred men each on on each side. They're using magic. They don't use it nearly as much in the rest of the series. Like they use marsh, like you know, arms. I guess you could say just physical arms, and and to baffling effect. And we, you constantly get this rush of characters. Um, like during the political scenes, it's like, oh, they've taken this territory and this and this and this. Like it's important, and I'm trying to follow along, but without a map, it's it's just words to me. They're just saying words of places, and it, it could just be like right next door to them or a million miles away. But apparently, they're like you know. Uh, important places and then during the battle itself you'll get these like rush of characters and it's like who's that again and then they're dead and you're like oh well why did i see them why were they important they could have just been like standard commander number six and i would like that would have been okay for with me why did they have to have this huge introductory thing why did i have to know anything about their past even a little bit like that could that's time that could have been taken up by you know your main characters um and then the ending. Okay, so <laughs> the reason why the the wedding didn't go along, the reason why the lords have never uh, united their crest into a grand crest. Um, I, I'm skipping over, for those of you watching the series, I, I understand I'm skipping over Theo's uh, 
taking over of his home country and all that stuff. It's it's like that part was okay. That that part it was fine. Um, he does take back over his he does take over his home country and becomes a lord of 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 Sistina and 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 leads his army back victoriously to the mainland. But yeah, so. The way they find out, because because Theo is making a huge push for himself at this point, you know, he's he, like people are starting to to say his name like along the term emperor. Um, they're revering him as much as they did Villar. Oh, by the way, sorry, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Villar dies, and his death is actually pretty cool. I like actually like the battle itself was really stupid. A lot of the decision making didn't make any sense to me, but his death, like uh, like his last stand, very cool. Again, standout character. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, Theo's bringing himself up to be the emperor, and like people are starting to follow him. They're flocking to his banner. Um, a lot of people love him because he's a great guy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we find out that what was keeping people back was the mages themselves. So the the mages association, yeah, just conspiracy nonsense. The uh. mages association, without telling anybody else, without this ever having like and, and quick aside here i hate conspiracy theories i understand that some of them have panned out in the past but to think that that many people keep their mouth shut for that long is so ridiculous to me um anyway uh silica now silica did not know not none of the mages none of the mages who served lords knew which is so did you get the impression that maybe this was kind of a cop-out it was figure out quite where they wanted to go such a cop-out and so like they have this uh like it's essentially the illuminati i forget what they were called but there's this like insider organization they just start like one night like just start massacring lords and and mages who won't (laughs) comply and theo holds like a, a meeting in his tent and he's like you know we found this out oh i thought he finds out so you remember the the Valkyrie chick, uh, uh-huh. Logan? Uh, Ishala? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was great. Apparently, she was beholden to that organization. And she was ordered, like she, like the, the Mage Association, like had some kind of control over her body. Um, and she was ordered to kill um, Theo. She, so instead of like, like doing what she did, you know, f- like, what she could have done just fucking shit up she just did it really half-assed so they caught her and she spilled <laughs> the beans i'm like you'd think that they'd be better prepared for that uh this all-seeing eye organization or whatever they were called it wasn't the all-seeing eye but that's what i thought of a mess anyway <laughs> so yeah it boils down to uh at, at that point the mages versus everyone else like the, the the mages who stay loyal to the lords end up having to break their wands because there were tracking devices in the wands, magical ones. Um, yeah, it's it's so utterly baffling. Uh, and the reason, <coughs> so so the main mage, uh, they 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 eventually uh, beat back the mage army. They beat back the mage city, which the mage city actually looked really cool. Uh, but they you know they they break their way into it. Uh, they they get their way into the inner sanctum, which houses the. Uh, the chaos core or whatever that they needed to break to get the grand crest question mark. I forget it at this point. I was just, my head hurt so much. Um, but they get, they get to the final mage and they're like, why, why would you do this? And the, he shows them a glimpse of the future that chaos is going to come back eventually. Like, and I mean like eventually, eventually like thousands of years later, 
chaos will come back. And so that's why he they kept the realm in perpetual endless what? war. Yeah. Yeah. Because they couldn't, I don't know, have education and just, you know, educate people on the eventual return of chaos and how to prepare for it. No, instead, they kept the realm in perpetual endless warfare that took the lives of thousands if not millions of people yeah that was their reason and theo instead of giving the sarcastic answer that i would give like what the fuck's wrong with you or like like you know coming up with the solutions that i just gave off the fly is like i don't care i'm still going to free the people etc etc and he <laughs> he doesn't even kill the main guy like that that mage guy i talked about he takes poison uh-huh. and just dies on the spot <laughs> like no no not even any release and there's not even any release for the chaos itself like he just gets the grand crest and then they skip ahead and it's over (laughs) oh my god there's no release um he marries silica though so you'll be happy to know that and she doesn't get raped like i thought she was going to thank god uh so okay i got one question (laughs) yes because this was like the one thing that kind of intrigued me um does the dracula guy ever come back oh my god in meaningful <laughs> no, manner? no don't remind me it's so fucking <laughs> stupid yeah, i need to know okay so like he said like like logan alluded to um uh this is during the time marina gets politically raped literally um yeah just the worst uh, Theo and Silica go into this haunted forest because uh, there is there are these like there are Weird people there are oh yeah, where people and and there's like one vampire there weren't any others that I could oh no eventually there were others but they didn't really make a whole lot of impact anyway uh, so yeah uh, there's like tension with the where people and the the, the vampire and the the castle in, in this area of, like of it's like the eternally dark woods or whatever they called it um, and. Uh, they find out that the Dracula guy wanted chaos to stick around because if the Grand Crest came around, for whatever reason, like like the the elimination of chaos would eliminate magic just all the way around, and without magic, his art would be gone, and he would he would eventually die, and he was afraid to die. Which that's not a terrible that's not terrible reasoning. Like that's that's actually kind of brilliant because like it's kind of ironic, you know, this guy who's deathless is terrified of death. Um, and I loved it, but he comes back at like the very end and to very little effect. He comes back just to disrupt their attack on the castle and that's it. And then he dies. I mean, it was, it was an interesting fight. It wasn't bad, but yeah, like the fact that he makes zero appearances between his first appearance and his last fight was just like, I kept, I kept questioning. I'm like, where's he going? When's he coming back? Oh, the witch, the witch chick too. Okay. Okay. So you remember yeah. her, right? Okay. So this witch uh-huh. is the one who is, uh, she's, she's, um, a black witch. So, you know, she's bad. Um, uh, not like that, not that kind of black witch. You, you listener out there no, make, making racist comment. No, no, I'm not, I know you Logan. I'm talking, <laughs> talking to that one listener who's like smirking right now. Stop it. Wipe that smirk off your face. Um, She's a black witch, so she so you know she's bad. She uses black magic and all that stuff. But she's like actually in league with chaos. She uses chaos powers and all this stuff, and and she's the one who got uh, it, you know, not Dracula into 
the idea of of working with chaos to keep magic in the world like we see her uh, actually kill the the um the leader of the wear people and stuff like that and that's how we get like the revenge plot on her and stuff like that but her death is so nothing she's captured eventually uh after the fall of sistina or sistina or whatever but uh, she's captured because she was in league with the evil family there trying to get them to you know continue the war and to subjugate their people in the brutal manner that they were doing um but yeah captured um and she makes his grandiose claim it's like i'll be back and you know chaos uh with chaos and all this stuff and um she's she's killed because a chaos demon comes and chops her head off and takes her back she never comes back and someone might point this out to me later but if she does come back it's in a way that i didn't notice which is baffling considering that huge proclamation she made um yeah i mean they they eventually have like a a minor chaos battle and maybe she was there maybe i just wasn't paying attention because i just want it to be over uh but yeah, just not in a any meaningful way. I expected her to come back as a chaos demon. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I didn't see her at all. And if you saw her, please send me a screenshot because I missed her. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, just so many baffling decisions in this show. Uh, like too many characters, not enough uh, closure for, for backstories. And when they did do closures, it was so nothing. Um, I can't understand, like, I can understand why the guy at AX was hyping it because he had to, he's paid to do it. It's literally his (laughs) job, but the people cheering for it in the crowd, you're going to have to tell me why, man. I need to know. I need to know what you saw in this show because aside from, from Silica, uh, Constance Villar and, uh, like Margaret and the, the other girls who served Constance, this show didn't have a whole lot of redeeming. Oh, and Aishla. Until the end when I found out that she was a plant, question mark. Anyway, yeah, there, were, there weren't a whole lot of, of bright spots to the show. It looked okay. Like In some places, it looked kind of meh. In other places, it looked really good. Um, it was a fantasy, so there's that. But yeah, I can't, I can't say how much the decision-making in this show made me really want to beat my head against a brick wall and just so that it, maybe I could be on the same level to figure out what was going on. Do you think it was an issue of scale? It like might've just trying to do too much. It, it might've been, but then like, like it wouldn't have been too bad in that same scale. If a, we had a map every episode because that would have helped out quite a bit. B, if there were less characters yeah, or if the characters didn't get such prominent spotlight when they didn't need one. Um, yeah, I would have like, if it was just about uh, Theo and Silica, I probably would have stuck around. But I got I mean, real tired. I mean, Theo real quick Silica, of everyone else, Theo Silica, and and like their band of of people, and then like the other people just could have been background people. And yeah, maybe a yeah. little background knowledge and it, like Marine and and Alexis's background, like romance thing, that was kind of important to kind of figure out where they were coming from and stuff like that. And <laughs> maybe Vil- it was important to make that moment where she gets politically raped. Oh, all the worst. Oh, he all does. The worst. He he does like, like she does. They, they do get back together, and and she's like, "I'm unclean" or whatever, whatever stupid shit she says, and and he's like, "I don't care," and and you know, I mean, he good guys it, but yeah, it's still pretty. <laughs> do they end up getting married? 
They do. And okay. <laughs> you call it the way he gets her is he forced like he his his little like magic trick that he can do or like his his thing is he can like a like a conductor, he can conduct people in his army to do stuff. So he's like like he's conducting an orchestra, he's conducting the battle. Um he conducts his men to make a giant flower from like that she can see from a hill and i'm like that's <laughs> wow that's a dick move they're it's like hot the, like it's a sunny day they're all out in armor in the sun just waiting for like like uh dick move dude anyway I but i mean i dig it whatever i mean whatever yeah. whatever gets her but um yeah i i did not care for this show um in terms of plot uh and in many cases in terms of character uh, like i said that uh, like as 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 disgusted as i was by the the whole rape thing i understood it i would have understood it more if more of the story made sense so it feels like like the the writer watched what do you call it uh like i said game of thrones and just and all he took from it was all right just throw place names at people and have as many characters as humanly possible um and then have something really dark happen. Anyway, uh, yeah. It sounds an awful lot like Game of Thrones. Yeah, but at, at least, I don't know. I, I read the Game of Thrones novel, so I can forgive Game of Thrones because yeah. it's a novel. And I know all those people uh, and their backstories yeah. and give a crap about them. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Game of Thrones does does that well. But but your description was just like, damn, am I listening to a review of Game of Thrones? Uh, I'm um, at the risk of, of rambling on about how much I dislike this show. I'll just end it with uh, this gets a <laughs> this gets a one point five out of five, which is wow. is probably That's more than I thought. Yeah, but I did. I like I said, I thought Constance Villar was an uh, incredibly well done character. Some of the other characters I really enjoyed as well, um, and some of the scenes and some of the parts of the show I thoroughly enjoyed. Just I wish they were the sum of a different like the parts of a different show. <laughs> I think this was another one too that um, a score like that for just any old show would be like, oh, that's unfortunate. But this was one that I think a lot of people came in with high expectations, being that it had a connection to Lotus War. Lotus War. Yep. So, um, no, they were hyping it up that. last AX. And then yeah. this AX, they were hyping it up again, which is baffling. But anyway, yeah, just 1.5 out of 5. Uh, I like I'd score it lower, but thinking about like what came lower, Hajimete no Gal is significantly worse. <laughs> uh, as as is um, hell. What was I that think other they're sh- equally bad. Eh, like I said, Constance I mean, Constance Filar, he's not, he's my homie. Yeah, nothing's worse than High Fury though. So, oh no, see, I, I actually really love that show. <laughs> Clockwork Planet. Yeah. Or um, that Chinese show that I I got a while back. I can't even remember <laughs> the name of because it was so bad. last show of this particular cast thank you so for this one i am going to step away because this is one that i actually do want to eventually watch okay um because i'm very interested in the show we'll we'll write in the in the chat just give me a thumbs up when you guys are done and i will put the head uh right on set back on okay so yeah enjoy your talk all right man sorry sorry to lose you it's all good all right. Um, super, super uh, looking forward to this talk. I think this has been one that um, for the last two seasons, I think both of us have been looking forward to talking about this show. <laughs> for sure. Um, a lot to talk about with Darling in the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, this was I yours, right? A lot of people. 
Yeah, yeah, I drafted this um, season before this one, this past one. Um, A1 Pictures and Studio Trigger was basically why I drafted the show because you figure the the combined forces of those two uh, studios just had to produce something phenomenal. <laughs> or... I mean, <laughs> or something terrible, but it, I, I think, I think you, you hit it on the head. Like you were saying with, with Grand Quest War, you know, this could have, this had the potential to be, you know, phenomenal or just really, really bad. But I think, yeah, I think we came out on the um, other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, with the show, um, I think we talked a lot about this in our first impressions. We gave a little bit of a impression of it through the half season mark. And, um, in typical studio trigger fashion, the show just, really blew the roof off um throughout the second core the second half um but essentially i think to start with this discussion we can kind of go over for those of you who maybe weren't listening um for the first review and the the first impressions essentially you have a group of young mecha pilots who are tasked and they're, they're clearly in some type of very dystopian like um even worse than dystopian, maybe like apocalyptic world Mm -hmm. um, where they are fighting against these monsters that are um, threatening what is left of humanity uh, with these, these mecha that require to be piloted by a male and a female. Um, And right away you're getting clearly trigger and I get the impression trigger had a little more of a hand in the actual, uh, production um or the writing or the story maybe of the show but um there there's a lot of innuendo a lot of <laughs> talk about you know uh just the the sexual tension between these characters well i mean the, their... the robots themselves the way they're piloted is uh, a male mm-hmm. at the controls and a female uh hunched over and she is the controls and the controls come off her backside right yes, around the butt basically. area Totally, totally like doggy style, like yeah. sex position. Yeah. <laughs> These two. Um, so, but the funny thing is that was basically episodes one, maybe two where we got that. And I don't feel like it ever went back there again. What are you talking about? There were, as far as the sexual innuendo, I, I feel oh, like it really yeah, got, yeah. the show got serious. Like it really started talking seriously about relationships and in a way that I felt it, it in a realistic way, honestly, I, I think this show had a lot to say about not just romantic relationships, but relationships between two people, um, male and a female, I think primarily, uh, in all of the stages that those relationships take between, you know, whether it be friendship or family or, you know, romance, romance or just lust, mm. um, which is, I think what we saw between, you know, in, in the beginning, but, uh, I think we're going to get into this, but God, like some of the relationships, some of the quotes, some of the things that they said were just so beautiful. Honestly, I just, I took some things out of specifically between hero and zero two. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about them a little later, but, um, it's beautiful, man. Like the relationship was beautiful. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I think in my initial impressions of this show, I was like, not into that at all. But I think as their relationship grew over time, it was just, really built upon but um 
at this point in time, do you have anything you want to add as far as the storyline goes, yeah. like for the initial? I'll, I'll expand a little bit. Like uh, these kids, uh, for the most part, are all humans, and they are all, from what they understand, they're working to become adults because adults live in this big glittering city. Uh, they've never seen adults. Uh, they actually work under the tutelage of uh, people who are kind of like older teens who presumably have been in their shoes. Um, however, uh, like all this stuff kind of changes, um, uh, when they meet zero two, uh, the main character, um, hero is, uh, kind of on the outs. He doesn't really, um, he's not really working well, uh, with his partner. As a matter of fact, they fail a test and they're going to be sent to a place that like kids don't ever come back from so it's kind of ominous yeah um i think we kind of i i think we can kind of assume that we never saw his partner again oh right? we actually I mean, did i think did we? Yep, right at the end she comes back and she gets with uh ikuno oh that was her mm-hmm. okay yeah all right yeah so I, I just the entire show i totally didn't realize that was her but yeah i, I uh Totally just assumed she was dead. The whole yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> it, it was safe to assume she was dead. I thought she was dead yeah. uh, early on. But yeah, the, so they're trained to fight these giant monstrosities called Kalaxosaurs. Kalaxosaurs? Kalaxosaurs. Kalaxosaurs, yeah. yeah they're, they're like kind of, in some cases, they almost seem like dinosaurs. In some cases, they seem like insects. Like, in some cases, they just seem like kind of giant like constructs they're like mechanized kind, giant so. monsters in different yeah. shapes and sizes yeah so the kaiju i guess they're kind of like play on kaiju yeah it's like mech way. versus kaiju type stuff mm-hmm. so they're the, these kids are tasked with defending the adults so that eventually they can potentially become adults uh and they meet zero two who um has horns and everyone calls her a demon uh and apparently she is a pilot as well um uh, she's one of the you know ones that you pilot her butt area. Um, and she's <laughs> but like totally different. Uh, you know, she's like crazy strong. Yeah. She, her, her mech is like super, uh, super strong. It's called the, uh, starts with an S straight, straight, straight. It's a straight. It's a, yeah. But her, her thing is, is that male pilots who pilot with her uh, only last three uh, brides, I guess. And then they die. Um, huh? And we actually see this, like her, the first pilot she's with when we, she's introduced, he totally dies. Yeah, he just falls <laughs> out and dies. Uh, yeah. But Hero is the exception eventually to the rule. Um, and it turns out uh, a little later on in the series, uh, the two have a history of when they were really little. But again, dystopian world, uh, their memories were wiped. Um, so, yeah, that, I like that backstory quite a bit, but. Uh, they yeah they ended up having a longer relationship than we didn't even realized as their backstory gets flushed out so um it's interesting the way you see this relationship progress and then potentially regress a little and then progress, progress some like, more, yeah. jump further because you realize that holy crap they had history um, um but yeah and, and and while like when they this group this unit acquires zero two uh, after you know she comes into the fold, uh, they kind of start getting a little bit more leniency, like the brass, mm-hmm. because a certain scientist named Franks, uh, he mm-hmm. uh, he convinces the kind of elders to 
give them more free reign so he can experiment the, on them a little bit more. But through this ex, like the ex- experimentation and this free reign, they start to learn a little bit more about each other, like we said, uh, or like mm-hmm. you were saying about uh, relationships, um, which kind of leads into one of the key points in the anime where uh, one of the girls, Kokoro, uh, discovers a book in an ancient uh, kind of rundown old seaside town. Uh, she finds a book on how babies are made and they'd had no yeah. idea. And she, so I think that before we go further there, I think it's important to note that like, this is totally that they're, they're, they're exposed basically to a lab environment. Yeah. Their entire lives, uh, the lab and their mechs and, and, um, this seaside town they they kind of walk into they're they're given i guess like a gift they won a battle and i think that yeah. they're allowed to explore a little bit um and this so this was a pretty awesome episode for me because they are suddenly seeing the we're we're seeing because interestingly enough this show we're actually looking at this story through the kind of the the lens of these characters that know pretty much nothing yeah. About the world. Um, so we as the viewer know pretty much nothing about the world. And that continues to be the case throughout most of the show, to be totally honest. And uh, so this is a really a first glimpse of what the world, what what things look like. Well, like the remnants the world of outside the of the wasteland, world. because like most of the world right. is a wasteland. So we see the wasteland that they see that their their homes, their, their homes are mobile. There's a huge mobile mm-hmm. um, like almost like biodomes that uh, they live in and they traverse this wasteland and they're constantly under attack by the uh, Klaxars. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like this was one of the, f- the only times you see a, uh, a pre like dome civilization that looks like somewhere, you know, where me or you would live. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a very dilapidated and, and ruined version. Yeah. <laughs> Like you see buses and cars and stuff like that, but they're all overgrown with moss and weeds and stuff like that. So Kokoro's got a little bug planted in her in her brain now. Yeah. Um, she's curious. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, these kids are like, we were made. Uh, I don't know if they even realize how they were made or if they ever even really thought about how they were made. But she, um, I think the explanation she, they were uh, given was that uh, the, the, the leader, which, who they call Papa, uh, mm-hmm what do you call it created them just like out of nothing yeah just kind of created yeah. them yeah like they were i don't i mean i, I was gonna say like they were test tube babies but that's essentially yeah, what they were probably they, yeah exactly um so yeah and so this whole relationship thing is starting to be like hmm and, and even kokoro is kind of like hmm, i don't know that i want my partner to be the father of my child yeah <laughs> uh which this was a huge point of kind of i know among fans of the show a lot of people got pissed when kokoro kind of moved on (laughs) Uh, i thought it was fine like it made sense to me totally not not that i think fukoshi was a bad guy but like it like you were saying if they were going to show like these kids go through stages of relationship and not realize they're doing it because they're completely naive this is one that you do a breakup yeah Exactly. Yeah. And this was kind of one of those things. And Kokoro, yeah, maybe she was pretty vain. She, I, I think she was not really attracted to him. Uh, Futoshi, you said, right? Yeah, Futoshi. And uh, she goes with Mitsuru. And yeah, so she goes on with Mitsuru. And um, she, uh, through the knowledge that she has from this book, I think is starting to think about uh, him as her actual partner at some point <laughs> in the future. Um, 
but yeah, from here, they, they, I, I think throughout all of this, there's a lot of character development. There's a lot of kind of interaction between the characters. Uh, and it, it's really where I start to kind of see a little negative in this show. I feel like there was probably a little too much um, banter and character development when we really could have used that time to explore more of the, the world and explore Thanks. a little more of um, the what was end up, what ended up leading into the climax of the show because I felt we spent way more than half of the show just developing these characters and their relationships. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt a little like that. It was a little too much time. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of the world they could explore. It was either the wasteland or the city they weren't allowed to be in. And we did get one city like episode where it actually felt really bad for, um, uh, Zorome, he's the character who yeah, wanted Zorome. to be uh, mm-hmm. to be an adult the most, and kind of found out that it wasn't uh, exactly what he was expecting it to be. Um, yeah, that and this is an episode I, I actually am looking forward to going back and rewatching the show eventually. Um, I think there were a lot of clues kind of planted throughout the first uh, three quarters of it before you start to really learn what's going on, um, and I'm excited to kind of look at that and specifically about that episode with Zorome who. Uh, ends up in uh, a city, a very, very um, underpopulated city, but what appears to be a city and meets uh, an adult for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, very awkward. There was a lot of hints in there that I can't really remember, um, and that seemed very, very obscure and confusing at the time that now knowing how the show ended i, I want to go back and rewatch that um do you have a, any different take on that particular scene or that the, those oh no i just like i said i, I like i at first yeah. i was annoyed like i going into the show uh, initially i wasn't huge on the characters i felt like they were all pretty tropey um until like you said they start to develop like zorame right around here is when i felt bad for him because i i realized mm-hmm. That the reason he wanted to be adult, like the reason he wanted to be around adults is essentially like he was a, if, if he had had a normal upbringing, he would have totally been a mama's boy. He wanted oh, that yeah. person to see him and it's like an older person that he could look up to that it would accept him and, and be proud of his achievements and all that stuff. And that's why, like, I felt so bad for him when he was in the room with that woman because he wanted so bad for her to be his mom. I said, like, like, that's the feeling that I got. And, you know, you can't actually say that that's what the director uh was going for but that's what it it felt felt like yeah yeah it did yeah it definitely felt i mean it's the same with with all the other characters with mitsuru um uh like overcoming his past with hero and and you know uh that whole thing about the promise that they made miku i feel like she didn't get any development nothing yeah she was just kind of the sundari girl and like you know the token sundari you know they were (laughs) like all right well this is clearly the the lesbian girl but she got like one bit where she tried to make it work and then she didn't get anything else until the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, both of those characters were very underdeveloped. And even, um, mm, yeah, I suppose those were the two. I think the rest of yeah. them had their, each, their time each, in the sun. Ichigo got her, her ups and downs. And, and we won't, like, <laughs> for those of you out there who, like, if anyone on, like, in our listener base was one of the people <laughs> I doubt it because it sounds like it was all Japanese people because I doubt you would send English threats to a Japanese voice actor. But if you did just stop, what's wrong with you? Yeah. That was so stupid. Mm-hmm. Ichigo 
made the absolute right choice in that just in that instance zero two is still my favorite character best girl and i i loved her to death but faced with the the prospect of a literal monster trying to eat her uh, her yeah. friend slash love interest yeah she made yeah. the right choices you, yeah. you'd make the yeah, same that, choice too so and that's kind of where the things started to kind of get between you know hero and zero two this is kind of the beautiful thing that i was kind of alluding to is hero found zero two hero is like at the point where he basically was feeling like he didn't have anything to live for yeah he was ready to be dead he was he was kind of designed to do a certain thing and he wasn't able to perform that um and he found zero two and she basically completed him she she was that missing piece in his life that he needed um and I, I that's part of what i really felt was so beautiful about their relationship and um like the whole and i think i got kind of sappy with this when i you know we gave our first impressions but like finding that person that you're just totally in love with it, it feels that way it feels like holy shit you just complete me and i felt a connection with that <laughs> kind of relationship um with hero and zero two in the way that that was but Things got pretty dark there for a minute, um, and especially you talked about how Zero Two is not a human, uh, yeah. and his interaction with her was toxic to the point where it was going to kill him. Uh, it it kind of got to that point where he was he was probably going to die, um, and yeah, uh, Ichigo Stepped loves up, Hero. Yeah. Yeah, she wanted to protect him um, because he wasn't probably. It's kind of like that friend who's like, you see your friend in a bad relationship, and uh, you know you're getting taken down a really bad path with this person, and you step in and you're like, you need to, you need to wake the fuck up and uh, and do something about it. I think metaphorically, that's kind of what she was doing there. But um, yeah, see that that's the, the the thing. Like you were saying about the the kind of the person that completes, you know. Mm-hmm. You and stuff like that. That's why I felt bad because Zero Two and Hero got that. Kokoro and Mitsuru mm-hmm. got that. Zorome and Miku. I don't. Th- I didn't feel any romantic tension between them at all. Uh, mm-hmm. They were just like I don't know, really weird friends. Futoshi even got that with the girl that you see at the very end, who is yeah. nameless. And Ikuno gets that with the original, like Hero's original partner. But Ichigo and Goro, like. Goro loves Ichigo. Ichigo's just kind of like, eh, I'll settle for you. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. I felt like at the end. And I felt bad for Goro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goro and, and Goro was, uh, he was he was a pretty cool character. I think you called him the cuckold. He was a cuckold. Uh, yeah, totally. Because it's like, but he was Ichigo's still a totally really, a he was still like a really good guy. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But yes, definitely. a cuckold. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so. Hero and Zero Two, they they kind of, I, I don't know that there's too much we can really get into there. They they rekindle their relationship. They realize that they love each other and that they need each other, and um, they at that point get back together. And once uh, once like like at this point, like we said, Kokoro has the, the the baby book, starting to figure stuff out. She decides she wants to marry Mitsuru, mm-hmm. uh, and like they actually have a, a wedding ceremony. Uh, and a wedding night, which surprising that that baby book also had detailed instructions on sex because I imagine it was very difficult figuring it out um, when <laughs> all you have is, you know, yeah. like visual aid. Just like, huh, well, that's yeah. different down there. Anyway. Um, so that's that's what I do with that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I kind of feel like maybe it was like a happy accident. Anyway, sorry. That's for that's for the Dojin artist. That's for the Dojin artist. It's the 69th episode. That's, that, that's for the Dojin artist to, to draw and make me very happy. Please get on that. I would very much appreciate it. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah Kokoro is cute too. So. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but I, this is where shit goes off the rails, yeah. though. Like I think around this time is when like we we go basically. This is like three quarters of the way into the show, and suddenly there's just an explosion. Um, <laughs> in this this part made sense. Like when they break them up, it's like okay, very clearly they don't want them to be in romantic relationships. Uh, oh, yeah. So this is an experiment gone wrong. So they they mm-hmm. break up the the whole party thing and stuff like that. Yeah, essentially, like a SWAT team comes in and it's like takes them away. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "This is not gonna happen." And um, Zero Two and and Hero kind of have flashbacks to when they were young and that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then we get the the kind of the crux, the the enemy, I guess, uh, because uh, they are uh, confronted with the the number one. Like everyone's numbered, but there is a number one. And she's a Klaxor, and she's the only mm-hmm. intelligent Klaxor. Um, and or like, uh, or at least the only one we met, because I think that there was kind of an. They kind of alluded to the fact that they were oh, an intelligent race, right? Like, so well, they, they were the collection of an intelligent race. Like their cores were actual people, like, but they were the the melted like essence of yeah. former sentient beings, like a hive mind, yeah, kind of exactly kind of thing, yeah. Um, and. And then we find out what Papa and a lot of the other adults were, which are aliens. Like, what the fuck? This came out of absolutely nowhere. actual (laughs) hive mind. Yeah. Like the Borg, just, well, they're a sentient cloud of hive mind out in space. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah, I, I used the wrong race to describe hive mind because absolutely these aliens are the embodiment of a hive mind. Yeah, yeah. Um. So and it, I wasn't as put off by this as some other people were online, but I can see why people were put off by this because it does kind of come out of left field. Totally out of left field. And I felt like we were really going somewhere with the um, human beings basically uh, – I, I, we didn't even get into that, but the humans and the Dr. Franz essentially was the spearhead of – harnessing the magma energy that the earth had well remember the reason that they wanted to do all these experiments was to keep people alive forever right so that's basically what happened here and that's kind of this was the huge kind of episode that everything suddenly made sense um human beings achieved immortality um but that had some pretty unintended consequences and that they could not reproduce anymore uh and I feel like my mind's a little hazy on some of the other um, side effects of it, but they also, they, they couldn't pilot these robots that he had created. Yeah. Only because they, needed and, children because, to do because that. they were harnessing this, this energy from the, the core of the earth, these Klaxors, which were essentially a race that predated humanity um, who had fought these aliens called the Verm. Uh, they fought the Verm damn near to extinction. And then, they, I don't know, buried themselves in the ground and, and went into hibernation uh, because they knew the Verm were going to come back eventually. And so uh, on the surface of the planet, uh, you know, evolution ran its course and eventually humans became the dominant species. The Verm 
infiltrated human society in the, I don't know. I, don't, I think it's form of Popeye, all, I, guess. I, I think it's later this century. No, in, in the form of like a, they were like a scientific organization and they were bringing mm-hmm. all these, these grandiose um, inventions to humanity that were wowing people. So they were getting a lot of credibility and, and yeah, so uh, they eventually, Dr. Oh, I totally forgot that the Verm are the ones that actually, uh, yeah, I totally forgot and that. The, they the, were the ones the that The Verm were, that. were like introduced humanity to the energy that you can get from the planet. And because they were getting this energy from the planet, the Klaxors woke up and because they're no longer 100% sentient, they just started attacking indiscriminately uh, these areas uh, where, you know, this this uh, energy was being harnessed, um, and mm-hmm. so humans were being killed, um, and, uh, and which goes to the whole kaiju thing. It's yeah, like and, and that's waste to, you know. So the I mean, for me, the cause and effect made sense. It was just very sudden. Like they snapped that on you in an episode. Just here yeah. it is. Exactly. Um, and that's where my problem with how long they spent developing these characters and being in that little bubble that we spent in with the characters. If they had spent even like, let's say even four or five episodes less in that little bubble and gave us a little more time to accept the aliens. But I'm just, I'm just saying like, 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 I just, I don't understand like what like, would more time be acceptable? I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard cause and effect to go about and it's like i've heard other arguments of people like well you could have given us a little bit more for the mystery i'm like would you have landed on aliens i mean is that what you would eventually have gotten to i feel like i mean granted i maybe a little bit more time Mm -hmm. maybe two episodes of backstory so we get a little bit more but then i don't know maybe that would have been too long i feel like they they put it in concisely it was it was a little silly but at the same time we're talking about trigger here I, yeah, it, it, it was it was typical trigger. It was like totally out of left field. It was the scope of the entire show just blew completely from. I mean, trigger Tr- trigger is completely known for this. You take a very small world and you expand upon it to the point where you're going into galactic battles. Yeah. you know, towards the end of the show. So this has been pretty much every major trigger show. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have liked to have maybe, and I, I mean, this is probably totally just me not maybe picking up on it, but I, I had totally forgotten or not even realized potentially that they, um, the aliens were part of them harnessing the magma energy. If they had kind of taken that as a little more of a mystery well, and then in okay. the next episode, I, I don't know. I mean, it, there were, there were probably like hints here and there, like. For example, mm-hmm. it was, and that's why I want to rewatch the it show. It was always honestly. when they were magma transferring that that the Kalaxors mm-hmm. attacked. Uh, they attacked the heaviest in the area where they were like the the like the high level concentration area where they were extracting it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there were like minor attacks here and there, but I mean, their their buildings are running on that energy, so of course they're attracted to it. So, right. I mean, there were little bits of hints, but I mean, I don't think anything could have really prepared you for that. Now the nature of the enemy i'm not really sure where else they could have gone if you can write a better ending i mean i'm not saying that that was perfect it was by no means and maybe you can hey if maybe you're the next Hemingway, i don't know um hey, hey, be honest i like the ending i'm not saying i could have written a better one or i i didn't like it i just no, but I like for the for like the they spent for the people out there because uh, there's like a lot of criticism and granted i'm not saying mm-hmm. that it was perfect it was just by no means perfect uh right. but uh uh, like 
I'm not. I'm not sure what else Papa could have been. A superhuman. Uh, well, Papa was definitely. I, I there was definitely something. I, I think you would have had to be stupid to not realize there was something yeah, up with Papa. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he was. But like people, I, I saw people <laughs> complaining about like the fact that he's an like that they were aliens. Like, all no. right. Well, what's your solution to why all this is happening? I mean, see, I like that. I like that they were aliens. I just felt like they spent so much time, like three quarters of the show, they spent in a bubble, and then suddenly the bubble burst, and it's like you said, in one episode, we just get all of the mystery that we were wondering about in like yeah, in a rush. I mean, fifteen episodes. Suddenly, we're it's it, it was kind of a breakneck pace that we were revealed everything, which in a way was pretty cool. I mean, honestly, watching that episode or two was. Pretty intense, but um, I I don't know. It just feels like it could have been done uh, a little more, a little more efficiently. Yeah, no, it, it probably could have, and I'll, I'll agree with that. I my my problem isn't isn't with with that argument. My problem was with the, the argument of mm-hmm. you know aliens and like, <laughs> oh god, that's how stupid. I'm like it's anime. It's a mech. You're like you were you were okay with it. You were okay with a giant dinosaur mech. <laughs> being pi- like being fought off with mechs that yeah. are being piloted with butt controls but once alien comes about nope once like galactic battles and a trigger show comes up you're yeah. like no nah, i'm done bro i'm like okay man no okay yeah. i want more of zero one though yeah for sure give me a zero one figure give me a zero two and a yeah. zero one figure and i'll be happy oh god yeah um so in zero two correct me if i'm wrong was a clone yeah of, of zero, zero one, one. spoilers um, spoilers spoilers so, way, way too late for that yeah <laughs> but uh so yeah a whole bunch of really interesting stuff was suddenly revealed after about the three-quarter mark of the show and uh, there, there was a lot of mystery that was built up throughout that period of time and suddenly it's all just kind of rushing in i think at this point um we're probably missing some stuff but I mean, generally the we get a giant space battle a few giant space battles a few giant space battles, like pretty cool ones too. Um, Zero Two basically becomes the enormous embodiment of this giant mech, like you know, planet-sized mech <laughs> um, that is the savior, you know, of humanity. Yeah, they they uh, warp over to the the Verms home world via an ancient technology by the that that was created by the. Um, yeah. The Klaxors and and they get like their... totally Mass Effect going on. Yeah, there. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I didn't even it, think about that. Yeah, is, the Warp Gates and Mass Effect. Yeah, this is totally after um, Citadel. You know, Hero and Zero Two have another separation moment uh, where they're like, "You're thinking <sighs> that maybe they're not going to uh, be together anymore." Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and he, and Hero um, has his like but, super emo moment. I mean, I get it because like you were saying, <laughs> it's a the the person who completes you type of, of thing. But like, he, he actually yeah. says like, um, if she's not here, I might as well be dead. And I was like, Oh, so yeah. teenagery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a couple, I, there were so many cool quotes in this show. And again, I'm going to have to rewatch this show. Uh, I would love to see this as a group watch someday down the road. Um, for people who maybe didn't watch it, uh, maybe Logan, if he never gets to it before then, but, um, so many good quotes, like love quotes, uh, that I totally want to just rip off and, and go tell Tammy or something. Um, <laughs> I think there's one that comes. I even said this to her. I was watching the show in bed next to her, and I'm like, um, 
if we share our wings, we can fly as high or as far as we want or something was one of the quotes <laughs> he said. <laughs> Did she look at you with a super wry look and like, really? Did you just say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think she she took it as nearly as romantic as I was hoping for. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a cool moment there. Hero totally. Uh, we're we're going into like we're totally spoiling the whole show, so I hope everyone realizes that. But I mean, it's um, a review cast. Yeah, Hero actually does kind of at the end be, go like demon mode. Like, well, I mean, they, cool. they had like, shared blood before, so her blood was already yeah. in him. It's just like he started going more and more demon, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, they were basically, for many, many years, uh, floating in space, trying to eliminate the Verm uh, towards the end of the show there. And um, that was interesting, uh, the way that that, that all kind of culminated. Oh, the way it ended, uh, too. I, I kind of dug it, the, the whole ending i won't spoil that part though the way hero and yeah, zero no. two end up and the way everybody on the on aren't they left back on earth just kind of uh mm-hmm. has to cope with uh uh with the shift in their way of life is pretty cool mm-hmm. i actually was the ending episode this is an example of a show for me that uh the last episode really um this show this show is going to get probably a full point higher because the last episode <laughs> for me, uh, I was enjoying it. Uh, but the last episode was really phenomenal. I thought it really tied everything together. Fabulously. Uh, I, I, I did. It, it left a really good taste in my mouth, uh, at the ending of the show. So, um, nice to have an example of that where, cause most honestly anime, most of the great anime I watch, uh, are the, the ending is a traction from it. Um, I don't have too much more to add about Darling in the Franks. Uh, no, this this was probably the most prevalent new show at AX this year. Yeah, a lot of zero two stuff. A lot of zero two cosplayers. Um, a lot of zero two cosplayers. Uh, a lot of zero two art and arts to heli. Yeah. Oh, there's and a really good art. one that I need to I need to go back and and take a look and see if I can find mm-hmm. the the prints and have one chipped to me because it's great. Mm-hmm. yeah no but um, it's it's definitely like uh captured the imagination of quite a bit of the uh the anime audience and definitely for good reason like, like i mean we we've spent a good portion of time just now just gushing over it and going over its its uh peaks and, and valleys so to speak mm-hmm. so um i think if i had to guess this is probably it's probably going to make it to be one of those shows that a lot of mainstream anime audience watches at some point probably hit on Netflix eventually. And, um, you know, we'll start seeing t-shirts and hot topic for it, but, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't go to hot I topic at your age, Jeff. We're too old for that place. Well, we're not cool anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. Was hot topic ever cool? Um, write us, no, don't write us that. I don't care. <laughs> uh, 4.5. Yeah. For me, I, I, I was I was wondering where you're going to go with it, but yeah, that's the same. Four point five. I would give it a five, but there were parts like we were talking about that were like mm-hmm. mm, really, but like yeah, um, a lot. You can take uh, if you're if you're into analysis, you can take quite a bit from the show. I know I did. Uh, I won't go too far into it because my analysis is only useful to me. But if you're interested, I'd be I'd be um, down to discuss it with you. Uh, on our discord yeah. uh we'll get you the information for that soon 
Uh, but first, the writers of this show definitely wanted. Let's, uh, let's get they, Logan they had back a lot in. To say. Let's get. Yeah, they had a lot to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and and like I said, it's it's not really something that we can just uh, be like, yeah, no, for sure, that's it. But you know, you mm-hmm. can you can definitely do some some of your own guesswork, and I I kind of enjoy that stuff. Uh, so, and things are certain things are going to resonate more with people too, like just. Uh, the, the romantic, the, the lovey-dovey stuff, definitely. Every time it kind of popped up, I was like, oh <laughs> the, the, It's like... The mech battle stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's going to touch a lot of audiences, but yeah, so mm-hmm. good stuff, and uh, we will definitely uh, look forward to hearing what uh, everyone uh, thinks about that um, when you hear our podcast. This podcast, the one that I'm talking on right now. <laughs> Is it the kind of show I would enjoy? I think so. It does get a little. Uh, welcome back, by the way. It does. Thank it you. does get. Uh, I mean, it does get a little. Um, not super dark, but you know, like tense, and there's like high drama because of the the situation there. As long as there's no rape, I'm good. No, there is none. Good. I had to think about it. A yeah, second me too. too. <laughs> I was like, no, there, I mean, there definitely isn't any. There, there isn't. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, part one. Wow, we went longer than I was expecting. Yeah, I thought you guys forgot about me for a while. No, sorry, man. We were talking for quite a while about Darling of the Franks. Probably, <laughs> I had a feeling, probably yeah. to the annoyance of quite a few of our listeners. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. It, basically, I think this was a show that a lot of people are looking forward to hearing opinions about. So I hope so. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you like ours because <laughs> they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right yeah so uh that's it logan i'm sorry you're coming back for the uh for the outro that's what i'm here for (laughs) (laughs) if you would like to share your thoughts on the anime that we discussed in this episode you can uh hit us up on various social medias we are on twitter at anime underscore arcade we are on facebook at facebook.com slash anime arcade our instagram is the underscore anime underscore arcade our email is mail.com or mail.com. God damn it. Take two. <laughs> mail.animearcade at gmail.com. There we go. When we created that email, we had no idea it was going to be so hard to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Join our Discord. Hit us up on any of those. We'll get you an invite. You can come share your thoughts. Yeah. And, uh, we, got... we have seasonal discussions up now, so you can mm-hmm. we can talk during the season. Um, real quick, yeah. too, you can also shoot us podcast questions that we will read. Uh, although for those of you who sent us some really, really good podcast questions recently, um, this is a long podcast. So we'll probably yeah. be covering that, if not in this one, then another one, because we really want to talk about those ones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, there's some really good ones in there. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, some some new got happy fed some new people uh, join the Discord and really excited to have you in there talking some new fresh faces so uh, welcome thank you for being part of the community and uh, look forward hopefully to more um, in the future more more of you joining because I community's growing by the growing by the week mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah we have a uh, our group watch going on right now we are watching Love Lab as we mentioned before so that's a lot of fun you can come join us. And you can vote on the next one, which will be in a few weeks because oh. it's only a. You can also what? you can also vote on our cutest character poll, which is still up and will be out soon-ish. Soon, yeah. Um, I'm probably gonna 
we'll, we'll let it run through this weekend and maybe yeah. <laughs> do something with it this weekend. So get your votes in while you can, and we will get this season's up <laughs> much sooner than we yeah. did last season. Yeah, AX, AX was, uh, was a lot of fun, but uh, very distracting. Yes, very distracting. So, <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yep. Yeah. We have uh, a bunch more to talk about in our next review episode, um, and hopefully that will be not too far out. Uh, we'll have to discuss when we can record again. But yeah, I look forward to sharing more thoughts because there's a lot of good anime left to talk about. For sure. And look forward to um, to a potential... Uh spoiler slash review cast of uh, a certain movie that came out recently. Machia. Yeah. We'll try I'm so disappointed that I missed out. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> it's not your fault. I was stuck in an airport <laughs> for like 10 hours. <laughs> Having some drinks by what it sounds like. Anyway, but yeah, look forward to that. We'll try and we'll try and get that uh, uh, out for you as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. See you next time. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>